What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. First half of the show is going to be what we normally do. Well, you really did just come out and say it. All right, we're going to... Which is where we're, we're going to... Yeah. We have some yeah. little fun things. Second half, <laughs> because last year's New Year's Eve show went so well. Uh, yeah, apologies for uh, creating the pandemic, because I'm still fairly certain that that's what we talked about in our little year-end review 2019. Right, we met, brought it before a couple Which, times since. 2019 sounds seems just so long ago. <laughs> Yes. For so many of us. It seems like a long time ago, but also it seems like not that long ago we were making all these big plans. <laughs> womp, womp. I did, I will say in 2020, I did make it to Hawaii. You did. So that's good. You, you uh, did one of, one, of, one of the things. But uh, anyway, uh, can we just talk about real quick that, that Netflix show? Is it Death to 2020? Is that what it's called? I, I think, think it is. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, produced by the same people that did Black Mirror, which if you want to get really twisted and fuck up, fucked up, go check out that. Yeah, series. if you're if you're uh, worried if if you're paranoid about what the future holds for uh, te- science, technology, and humanity in general, if you're already worried about it, maybe skip Black Mirror. Uh, right. And here's, if you think you're having a great time right now uh, and technology is awesome, uh, watch Black Mirror and it'll change your mind. Here's what's scary about Black Mirror is that is you know it's not set that far in the future. No, it's no, not no. like we have you know flying cars and and teleportation. It's just it's just like. Well, the devices look very similar to ours, and people are doing kind of what we're doing. We technically already have teleportation. That's actually already happened at the quantum level. Did you know that? I've heard about with small, quantum entanglement, small things. It's it's really cool. It's really cool because it's science fiction shit that's now come to that's that's real. What if we really can talking about conspiracies again? We really have this technology. Oh yeah, they. they but yeah. the airlines have just said no. We're not going to be doing this. Uh, I, Nikola Tesla <laughs> invented it in the 1890s teleportation, but then the government, uh, you know. Right, they conspired with uh, Edison and uh, everybody else, and uh, quashed it. Uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Nikola Tesla's uh, uh, rampant mental illness mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that he couldn't uh, he couldn't empathize with humans. What what if they injected him with lead though, or mercury, just to make him go crazy? Just to make him go make him go crazy and get kind of stupid. He fell in love with a pigeon. Remember that? Yes, that was that's the- what I was just going to say. He had <laughs> he could not connect with humans on any level. No. So, so in the last to, like to, year, year of his life, yeah. yeah, last year of his life, he was living in New York City, and he fell in love with a specific pigeon. Yes, and then the pigeon died, and that's what did him in. And that, and he died. Seriously. He died within like a month. Yes. Yeah, he just couldn't cope. Yes. Uh, I think that's lead poisoning, uh, probably from Edison or uh, the Rockefellers, maybe. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. Anyway, anyway, no. Um, the death of twenty twenty is hilarious. It's just a hilarious take on all the horse shit that's gone on. Uh, and some of the serious things that have gone on in 2020. It's not quite a home run funny, but it's 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 only about an hour long, and it's it's, it's funny. <laughs> it bashes both parties, political parties too, a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, it doesn't it? It's political, but it's not uh, slanted in any way. It's just funny. Talks um, about how old Joe Biden is, and and they oh yeah, at the very end we were talking about oh that's what, he, that's what Harris's administration like after within a year of they said 2021. Yeah, they or were something. sitting down with all the people they interviewed and said, "Can you uh, maybe help us record for our year in review for next year for 2021?" Yeah. You're like, uh, "Yeah, President Harris," and I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> When they said President Harris's plan, I was like, "Oh fuck, I fucking lost." That's when I lost it. Like that's <laughs> oh god. And they kept the way that they kept describing Trump and Biden was, was like, uh, you know, Joe uh, President-elect Joe Biden, 
who looks like a retired locomotive conductor who's been out in the sun for too long. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and it wasn't complimentary to Trump either, which fine. It took the piss out of everybody, including the queen. Yes, which it did. I would. I when I because I was like, who is playing the queen? Oh, I'm that, not. Gonna, I don't want to. Um, I, I don't oh, want to okay, spoil it for mind. people because yeah. I want people to come up with it on their own. Because they'll be like, oh shit. Because it's it's when she goes from here on, you need to address me as your Majesty. And then when he like the interviewer asked her a question. It's like 10 seconds go by. He goes, your majesty. Uh, yes. And then she just refuses <laughs> to fucking talk to him. Like, and God. And uh, what's his name is the, uh, the Oxford, like educated English, uh, Hugh Grant, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant. Yes. He did. Yeah, a, it, he, he did a pretty good job. He with that. really just absolutely killed it. You were about to call me a bigot, just like my daughter and my wife and my sister and all the people <laughs> who used to love me. Oh God. He's, I am a history professor. <laughs> what he, he what did he fucking say? He said it reminded me the jubilation reminded me of the celebration after the war on the planet Endor. And I was like, what the fuck? And the guy goes, hey, that's on. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's from Return of the Jedi. He's like, no, no, no. It, they, they may have dramatized it, but I was there on Endor after the war. The right. Empire was defeated. One of the references was, oh, that's the, on the Game of Thrones. He means like the yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, folks. Do yourself a favor and watch it because it's funny. Don't watch it with the kids because Samuel L. Jackson says motherfucker a bunch of times. Because he can't not say motherfucker. Because he, yeah, it's Sam Jackson. Contractually, it's his contracts. You know, if you're, you know, go the fuck to sleep, right? You're familiar with that book? No. Really? I don't have any kids, Joe. I know that, but it was kind of like a pop culture thing probably eight, nine years ago. Okay, so somebody wrote a book. Trying to get a kid to go to sleep is either really easy in the case of my child, uh-huh. or really hard in the case of most like other children. Just like like I do, I just lay down and just start sawing yes. logs. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And right. and she would just ask us, "Can I take a nap now?" I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like grab her blanket and then just go to bed. Wow. All right, that's weird. Anyway, so uh, most kids, it's a pain in the ass to get them to go to sleep. They want to, I want to drink water. I want a glass of milk. Read me a story. Read me another story. It's like, gosh, fucking here. Here's a Benadryl. So <laughs> here's uh, a snort of whiskey. Yeah, just here's a little snooter. Here's yeah. some. Like, oh, how come the milk burns my throat? Well, that's because <laughs> there's some go-go juice in there. So anyway, uh, somebody wrote a book called "Go the Fuck to Sleep," and it's a poem written from. It was a, it's like a Dr. Seuss type thing. I bet it sold a written lot. Written from, it sold a shitload, and it turned into, like, viral videos and whatnot. Well, uh, like, no, you can't have any more water. You've had enough. I think Samuel Jackson now, read some passages. He read the whole fucking thing. There's a YouTube video of him. Now go the fuck to sleep. Like, it's just so fucking funny. And that's Sam Jackson in a nutshell. Like, I just, eh, I, it makes me want to go to sleep because I'm scared of him, even though he's 80 years old. Yeah. Um, anyway. So watch the show. Watch the show. Enjoy the show. <laughs> it's, re- it's really. It's soon to come, folks. You'll understand. Yeah, yes. you'll 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 dig it. Oh, God. I was going to talk about my, uh, I bought myself a couple more gifts over the, uh, not gifts, gifts. Gifts. Yes. So. Uh, Joe, you saw my first gift, which you've you used today. The uh, the Breville espresso, espresso and Joe showed steamer. me how to latte my espresso. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I and now I'm kind of bummed. So Mr. Gaines here, I don't know if you folks have picked this up on the, all these episodes. Uh, he likes to go down rabbit holes where he gets obsessed about one singular thing for seemingly years at a time. 
<laughs> this time around, it was coffee, specifically espresso and 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 steaming your milk and how to do it properly and all this stuff. And I'm you're telling me this, man. Like the like the way you're describing everything, I'm like this. There's there's details missing here. Yes, there are. And you watched. You said probably 50 videos on I'm, how to do lattes and, and all that. I stuff. I wasn't surprised. Maybe it was that many. Yeah. And. But like the, the, it's like they didn't explain half of what what is necessary. So I just kind of he, he, I said the volumes are volumes are very, they're very you know uh, 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 intricate part of the whole process of espresso and and then making espresso drinks like cappuccinos and lattes and so on and so forth. And specifically with lattes being steamed milk with some foam on top, you have to you know all that. We went through that, and I I, I thought. I thought you were going to get mad. I wasn't going to. I thought mad. you were going to get mad that I was able to do what I was like. I thought you were going no, to you, do you, after you, watching all these videos, and then I just went ahead. And, no, because it it worked. Had, it worked better than mine did. And I went all right. There's something to what Joe did. Somehow I I knew in my fifty with for my fifty dollar espresso and cappuccino maker like milk steamer thing right combo thing. I know more than the 50 videos that you watch, and it just it, I, it pisses me off because that's what I, bothered me. Well, it, and it bothers me too, and it's it, it it's it's on those people because they just don't. I hate when people have knowledge in their head and they don't know how to teach someone. And there was a very I'm not going to go into it right now, but there was a very specific thing that Joe was explaining to me, and I was kind of shutting him off because yeah, but they said this, but he was he kept going back to this, and so he said, "Well, just let's just try this." And you did, and it was a little bit better. And I went, ah, uh, now I know what's going on here. Now I can, and all they had to do was say a few of these words to explain this on the any of these videos, which none of them had. And all it was is, all it is, folks, is density of liquid or right. or, 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 or emulsion. Because right. that's what you're doing when you steam your, your milk. All they had to do fat. is say the first shit you're pouring out is going to be is going to be more dense than the last step because the foam, more foam rises, so it's less dense. So you have to... Figure this ratio out, the volume out in your cup that you're using, and the draw, the dose, the pull that you did, and how do you be able to let the milk float and then use the foamier stuff on the top? Yeah. They never, ever, ever once said that. Now, I know it makes sense. It does make sense. You know, like it's kind of obvious, and you're saying, well, maybe that's what it is with them because they do it all the time and they only have to talk about it. But that's not, if they're selling, if they're going to advertise on YouTube, uh, the, the title of it is, you know, Latte art 101 or ba the basics of foam it, of latte art, then it should be the fucking basics of latte if art. One oh, if that's 101, if the, what they're teaching is 101, then you need a 090 class to learn right. the basics of espresso It ought drinks. to be yeah. the short bus version of, that's what the title of <laughs> thing should be, of latte art. Lattes for dummies. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm pretty sure Starbucks kind of cornered the market on lattes for dummies because... Uh, most people aren't going to go through that, right? Most people just want to hit it. They want to they, they want to hit a start button and just go or I, buy it and but go. I know, but, but, I, but I've got that little machine are, and I want to kind of you're, see if I can you're, do that. You're a creator. You like to create things, just right. like like the oh hey, did you polish off all that beef stew I got you? Oh yeah, folks. Last week I made. Uh, I decided I was going to make uh, Julia Child's boeuf bourguignon. Did you like use her? You know her nuance speaking I was style. speaking I was speaking very strangely uh yeah. into myself <laughs> and yes uh, we need to uh, what you see is the wine is necessary no I I didn't go that far oh. but I I went pretty far I, and I did step by step the only thing I changed up with hers is uh I don't like peas for mm -hmm. one 
I just don't. I think they're gross. But you need something green in there to kind of counteract how rich it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the care, along with the roast, the chuck roast that I browned and did all that and that, did, did all that, made your gravy out of the red with your red wine, and I added kale at the very end, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How is that a secondary thing?" But the, it, it it worked. Yeah, it works right. Like it didn't. Yeah. It wasn't the only the only thing I don't like about <clears throat> kale. Uh, is, well, first off. It, it just gets stuck in your teeth. It does. It's very fibrous. The leaf is fibrous. It gets stuck in your teeth. It's kind of like cilantro, kind of. Well, cilantro gets stuck in your teeth. Okay. I'm just saying. I, like, just, I like cilantro. I'm, that's one of those deals. People hate it or they, or they yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, it. Anyway, yeah, that, uh, oh, fucking. It, beef burgundy or beef bourguignon, boeuf bourguignon is just. It's Joe, fa- Joe made some, brought on me enough for several meals because I was having my face fried and I didn't want to cook anything or deal with it so he just brought some over you know all made up i just had to heat it up how about those parsnips bro how when was the last time you had parsnips that was you had a lot of parsnips i love parsnips i love i love cutting them up i love the smell of them they smell yeah they almost have like a spicy clove kind of uh, uh, of smell to them i just fucking love them that's part of the thing with uh cooking that more people need to do is like in their cooking stuff you're in a hurry you know chopping doing different things but if you just take the moment just to smell all these different ingredients get a big yeah. snort of everything you're doing then that would be uh do you know what uh that parsnips are one of the main ingredients in traditional gin i did i did, not, I did, I did not. not know that they they add a uh they have a sweetness uh the the sugar that's in them is not fermentable so you can add it in after your fermentation done all that stuff and they add a sweetness but they also add a uh, like a what they call it a non-specific spice so like you can't quite that's place why, I mean, gin is kind of, if you really analyze it, it's kind of a sweet taste in a way. Yes, but it's a dry liquor. So yes. like it's, it, it's fools your palate into, yeah, it's one of the traditional herbs, uh, you know, or not herbs, but one of the traditional ingredients, like flavoring ingredients in gin. Well, mm-hmm. like, like just barely second to like juniper berries, which is blew my mind a little bit. I had to, I remember I learned that not that many years ago. About the juniper. juniper berries. Yeah. That's why it just tastes like Flagstaff smells. Yes, it's, it's and they're I, all over the place out here. Yeah, and and, they, and yeah, I oh, I love gin. Anyway, gin, uh, gin and tonic. I was big on gin and tonics. I can't drink tonic. It tastes I, it. It's so tonic just is waxy ton- and gross. You're right. And, tonic is also not good for your vision. And my father told me that when really? I was flying. You know, when he was around, we were flying. Goes just let you know. He goes, I like gin and tonics too, but tonic. We we can look this up during the break, Kevin. No, whatever. Not. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, is that uh, I, I? I'm pretty sure you told me that that tonic water is not good for your vision. Like quinine is bad for your vision. Something like that, yeah. I guess. You know, it glows uh, blue under UV light. Does it really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So anyway, I remember. Uh, I think the gin and tonic was the drink that I was uh, zapped with drug wise. Remember, I told you I lost my whatever. Someone someone uh, roofied me. Oh, Remember that? I think it was a gin and tonic. Shit. That's my gin and tonic period of my life. That's your, your, that was your gin and tonic phase. <laughs> yeah. We've all gone through questionable phases in our life, and I would say gin and tonic. Kind of want a gin. And to- I got tonic water. Kind of want a gin and tonic now. Oh well, maybe during the break you make yourself a gin and tonic. Don't need limes though. You got any uh, club soda? I have I have lime flavored club soda. I have lime flavored club soda in there that I bought too. Yeah, I do too. That other brand. There's no. Yeah. Did you see mine in there also? Negative. Okay. Anyway, 
Talking about alcohol Talk, drinks. Talking about the alcohol drinks. Uh, oh, so I bought these. Uh, noticed, Joe, and I pointed out to Joe that they were my Paul got these little cup. baby well, they're tea not baby. cups. They're, they're espresso cups. They're four-ounce four cups. Right, they're, not they're, es, they're not espresso cups. They're right. They're latte cups. <laughs> they're small latte. They're not the big, you know, diving They're not a pool. big cappuccino mug. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but they are. These three I have out now are the primary. They're black on the outside, kind of a matte black with a saucer and then the inside they're the primary colors that's blue yellow, yellow and, and red, red. For, for those of you out there that don't know did you notice that i i have three rings out here three rings <laughs> i'm not Was it three f- rings to rule them all I'm not like what fan like, no i don't know um the, i have three rotisserie rings that i could put glider fuselages in okay did you happen to notice that they are one's yellow one's red one's blue yes okay that was on purpose because i thought to myself i don't want anybody to make the mistake if we're working on a certain glider it's the one that's in the the mauve ring yeah or the beige ring the beige the maroon not the the fuchsia the maroon ring the citron we'll call it citron if you will the burnt sienna (laughs) ring (laughs) the ring i want to be perfectly clear that they were not related at all these colors no that's that's actually very 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 smart yellow red and blue yes so um that's what these are you can make and mix and match any color of the spectrum with those three colors that's what primary colors are what are the secondary colors art class uh, green is one because uh-huh. you, you combine these two. Yes, and then red and yellow is orange. Orange. Yeah, and then uh, what's the, what? Are we take another one. We're thinking of uh, oh, uh, red and blue is prapel. Yeah, purple. Prapel. prapel. Uh, you just got to think about this. You, what, what else? You got uh, uh, orange, purple. Is that it? What's the other one? I said green. Gr- oh yeah, green. That's it. How many I, secondary colors are there? I think that might be it. Oh, also over there, I haven't cracked it open yet because my one of my favorite colors is purple, uh, and there is a purple one uh, and a green one. Maybe they, maybe there's a secondary colors too. Maybe there's the orange one over there. Oh my god, I, I just wa- realized this. I want to live in the world where you live, where you just buy shit on Amazon without understanding. I think the there's full actually an, an orange scope. purple. I think secondary i think like six and the three other ones are secondary I, when i buy things on amazon or is, is completely is this i don't know if anybody else is out there please reach out to us i go i'll go to the grocery store and i'll barely look at something and i'll just grab it right I'll, unless it's produce, sometimes unless sure. it's produce and then i have to kind of examine it but on Amazon, I'm like, oh, well, I'm paying this much money for it. And da, da, da. I could throw this same thing in a basket without looking at it for more than three seconds. But I'll spend an hour researching something that I buy on Amazon well, for some dumbass reason. I think it's just access to the internet when you're looking at it like it's right there. I probably would have noticed that if I looked at it a little bit longer. But what I wanted was a certain size. And I like the look of this just because it's kind of this matte black. And then I do the, like and the, that. And the bright colors on the inside. So... I did notice though that I do I, not like the colors on the inside. I'm, I'm okay. just, just as a just as a coffee purist, I don't like the colors on the inside because it's part of your presentation. It is. And I agree that the coffee looked better in the blue one than the yellow one. The yellow one it looked like I was drinking turmeric tea. Yes. It was it, it actually freaked me out at first cuz I thought there was something wrong with the 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 milk or the or something in there and then I realized it was the yellow was on the inside. But I think this um, would be like a conversation. That's what's going to happen. Oh, look at yeah, those. A, colored we're cups. Def- we're, Col- we're, oh, we're, colored cups, really, Paul. Ooh. Ooh. 
since 2020. All Can't right. really say colored anymore. All right, so I bought myself again every Christmas. I buy myself some stuff. Yeah, Christmas. So I bought the the uh, espresso machine, bought these cups, bought that that new better uh, vacuum uh, little portable Folks, battery. He was so excited about his fucking portable it Black really and Decker. Sucks. It really sucks. You feel the suction on this and like made me hold out my hand and gave me a hickey on my hand with this oh, yeah. new Black and Decker Pecker Wrecker fucking <laughs> shit hot. Because I've had one, I had a, a hand one there before. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Handheld vacuum, folks. Uh, yes. And, uh, and it worked kind of okay, but I'm like, this is really disappointing. And I just kept on with that. Just you know, like a bad relationship, you should end like years ago. But I, I, I lived with it. I just. So kept, I already bought it. So I kept. Yeah, I kept. Okay, I'll just ignore it for a while. Passive aggressive behavior with my <laughs> shittier vacuum. You're ridiculous. And I finally, I said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot. I have to go with this portable small vacuum cleaner. I want to go vacuum out the truck a little bit, or you know, in the corners with you know spider webs or carpet. Stuff collects whatever as you just walk around. You get the big vacuum out, but it can't get can't really clean. Some of the models don't want to get in the if you bought a Kirby. I know they're heavy. Are, uh, yeah, they are heavy. Anyway, that's why I bought that. So I bought that, and then I bought uh, a nice fancy um, charger for my aerial plane battery. A very specific charger for that exact battery because those stupid batteries are expensive, and this may save another year out of it. Right on. Anyway, um, so I bought myself four things. I bought myself one one thing. What you buy? Yeah, I mean, did you tell me about this? No, no. In yeah. fact, it just showed up today. Oh, it's something I've been researching again ad nauseum. But I, I've also messed around with them before. Uh, I've been wanting to get back into making music for a couple of years now, and now I kind of have the money to buy some of the stuff that I want. Mm-hmm. That MacBook Pro was the first kind of step in that. And you're still in love with that thing, right? Oh God! It, like you're it, well, not really getting tired of it. Not, you're not like no, fuck no, no. And I'm I'm hook, line, and sinker into the Apple. You know, the, although I will say, GarageBand is while a cool um, program, it's not that powerful. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's really just to kind of dip your toes in, and so that you pay five hundred dollars for like you know uh, Logic Pro and you know things like is that. that like also the, an Apple. Yeah, the Apple, yeah, the Apple, yeah, the Apple products, because apparently they work very the the audio editing, video editing, uh, everything, all of that, the media editing uh, software that Apple has. Mm-hmm. GarageBand mates very well with it, and once you learn how to use GarageBand, you can. It's very easy to jump off into it. So I understand. Okay. So and I've messed around with GarageBand a little bit, trying to edit, and it doesn't. It just doesn't sound. The our podcast doesn't sound as good. In GarageBand. So I'm still using a Windows machine with hmm. Adobe Audition on it. To do our th- show. Yeah, to edit the show. So, uh, which is tiresome. And it's just fucking, it's irritating. It's irritating because I'll use like 99% of the time I'm on a, I'm on my, I'm using an Apple product with either iOS or OS 10. So it's the only thing you use that, that uh, other, that's the only, for the podcast. The only editing. time it gets booted up. Wow. Okay. Is is for that, you know, um, and I don't know. It's a powerful machine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not out of date. It I just remember when you bought it. Wasn't it, that long ago? Yeah, it was three, two and a half years ago, three years ago. And uh, I not that long ago. I get, you know, yeah, okay, something yeah. like that. Uh, maybe still a year viable. and a half it's still ago. Viable. No, it's, it's still... a great. No, no, you can actually still buy that model of uh, of Dell on okay. Dell's website. Okay, I and mean, it's about eleven hundred bucks. Like it's still when it was brand new. It was like fucking two thousand dollars or some shit. Yeah, but anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I just am now uh, so deep into the Apple, like, you know, just, I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I like their products because they all are meant to work very well together. Mm-hmm. And having dealt with bullshit, not bullshit, but like with Windows is so fragmented. It's just like, But God. you can't do dude with the Apple. You can't do. You hear that all the time. Which that used to be a thing. That, that was uh, one of the things where you couldn't, uh, they, they didn't make a lot of games for Apple. Yeah. Well, that's not their bread and butter. Bread and butter was media production. That's well, why you couldn't like, hot rod them up. You couldn't do things. Yeah, there's not exactly. Do. You didn't need to because they're already hot rotted up. They're optimized for the software that they run. Like that's why that's why people have MacBooks that last twelve years. Right, and they're working just fine for what they need them to. Yep. It's usually when a component goes out that is so far out of date that it's just not worth fixing, or it won't. It can't be fixed. And anyway. that was early on. That wasn't anyway. accidental. That was Steve Jobs' idea. I know they had a, I guess he and Wozniak went around and around with that one because Jobs just wanted to make it as good as they could, as perfect as they could, nice piece of hardware. Right. Plug it in, it works, don't fuck with it. Until it's time to get a new one instead of replacing things and tinkering. Right. Because uh, Wozniak was a big tinkerer. Yep. He still is. Oh, it was yeah. a big, and it was one of the big reasons why he left Apple. Yep. Is is because of that anyway? No, my purchase. Uh, I actually, I love how like I keep hearing about people getting Amazon delays, but I literally ordered something on Sunday night before midnight, and I got it today. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like some little trinket thing. I I bought it. What's called an Akai uh, is the brand Akai MPK Mini, mm-hmm. which is a twenty five key keyboard with little drum pads on there, and it's a MIDI sequencer, so you can do, and it's a MIDI keyboard so basically it plugs in i like i could plug it into my laptop sitting here but you know plug it in the macbook cue it up and have each key could have like little intro music that i already have pre-programmed and i hit that and i have it hooked into our mixing board mm-hmm. and i could play intro music and things like that oh there's all manner this is a professional quality small so keyboard if you were if you were kind of on the ball and you knew what like say you had 10 keys that did some funny things all the time, you could just yes. hit it, boom, and it would it would record. Yeah, you had to go to that, didn't you? Yeah, I can do that. I'm They're not like, saying you should like, do that. Honka honka, like I could fucking do sound, like like it was a like drive time, like morning fucking radio. And that was funny twenty years ago, but it's not. It would really... still be now. It would just be a parody of it. We could. I think that would be kind of funny. Right. If if we had, uh, if I had the ability to record something like every morning mm-hmm. and put it out there, I would love to do that for people. Like NPR does a. Uh, it's called Up First. Okay. And it's a little 15 to 20 minute just news that's going on, what's going on today, da, 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 going on. They have like the nation, the world, and then like usually a, like a little bit, like three or four minutes of like a, a public, like, like a morning, human interest. morning coffee version of it, the, here's what you need. It's like the expend, the, the, an extended version of what NPR does on the hour. I gotcha. Where they do five minutes uh, national or, you know, news or, or international news, and then they'll kick it to the local. Like here is uh it's um KNAU out of uh Flagstaff mm-hmm. that you know they'll kick it kick it to KNAU at, at five minutes after the hour and then they'll do Arizona Northern Arizona news okay and then they do the you know whatever so it's kind of like that but a little bit extended like it'd be funny as shit if we could do something like that but just do like hey, welcome to Paul Joe in the morning <laughs> honk, honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> And like all these stupid fucking like whistling sound effects and dumb shit like that. But and yes, here's the weather and like wind you, noise and you can do or that, or you can also do like there's several albums on the charts right now that are platinum selling albums 
that that's one of the only instrument instruments on there. Oh, is this one? Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful instrument, and it's like a hundred and twenty dollars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Jesus. And they sell fuck tons of them. Yeah. See, that's where the answer is, you know, with the, with the technology and things getting cheaper and cheaper. And I've had this discussion multiple times with you and other people that I know. The the future really is the people that are created because there's so many tools out there that are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. It's cheaper and cheaper. The barrier to entry for music and it, for doing anything, any kind of electronic music, whether it was in the early days, you're talking like craft work, those guys. Like, did right. you ever see Kraftwerk or just ever get into him at all? Was that, or are you more like a guitar guy? No, I didn't. Uh, yes. Yeah, more, You're more, more of a guitar guy, yeah. which is fine, you know, because it was back in the 70s. It was just like, what the fuck are these guys doing? These fucking German art school students. Okay. But th- what those guys did, it was so difficult to do what they did with all synthesizers, all synthesized music. Mm-hmm. It was so difficult to do what they did because those guys were all engineers and they knew how to make their equipment. Yep. So some uh, you know I know that a couple of the the guys in the band use Moog synthesizers and, be, and because they, they made it yeah they they knew exactly what to I mean it, they were right they had to make it though they didn't it wasn't off the shelf they had Moog yep. synthesizers that they broke apart and redid shit inside so then you get uh um you get into sampling you know in the uh late 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 extreme late 70s into the 80s and you know you had guys that were doing shit on tape like mm-hmm. uh, like yes. in like a um, literally cutting shit together, cut, literally cutting and ta- like cutting and pasting. <laughs> yes. That used to be a thing. And actual cutting, at and, literally yeah. actually cutting yeah. and pasting or taping tape together. Yep. So, and now you can it, it, well, and then and then it got a little bit easier when you had digital workstations and MPCs and things like that in the late '80s. But they were thousands and thousands of dollars, and like you know Abbey Road or no, uh, not Abbey Road, uh, Electric Ladyland Studios, you know, in New York City, mm-hmm. they had. One sampler, one, <laughs> one until like 1992, because there were fucking 150 thousand dollars for one. Right. So you had Electric Ladyland Studios had one, and that was your electronic studio that you could go to, and so you could record something digitally, but not for very long, and then you could cut things together along with uh, uh, with uh, audio tape. So nowadays, it's all done. You know, the horsepower on a just a standard PC works just fine to sample this stuff so like i can just take literally just cut a song like our intro our intro is a perfect example of that right you have underlying music playing in the background and then you have uh, little snippets and all i did was i took mp3s from little clips of movies and i put them together in sequence clicked and dragged those together on my you know with my computer and then timed them just right Made sure the volume leveling was done, and then now it's a seamless intro that f- slides right into and a our, our damn show. fine job you do. Joe. Thank you, I appreciate. You really that. do. It's 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 very professional. In order for me to have done that, say twenty five years ago, without having a hundred thousand dollar machine, twenty five years ago, I would have to take the audio recording on a cassette tape, listen to it over and over again, stop the tape, cut that portion set that aside labeled and then cut another portion, put all those together, then have another tape that's blank and record those all in sequence and make sure that they're all mixed together. And then you would take that master tape and then you would take this and to do this and adjust And that's the what volume. a lot of in-studio like radio show audio engineers were doing during that's the day. That's what they were doing on the fly. Yes, just that's, making all this shit happen. Those guys crazy. were fucking gangsters, man. The yep. fact that they... And, and some places still do that. But like if you listen to... Um, uh, and they make those. They make I, those. What are those things called? Those look like an eight track in a way, but they have all these 
different they're, sounds. I think and they files. are. I think they are. And eight, just eight boom, tracks. plug it into this machine and that one, this machine, and pull I think, it out. And I think that's what they are. I think okay. they are eight tracks. But just yeah, little the way short they snap little in pieces yeah. of tape. Yeah. They're what they call hot swappable. Like okay. USB is hot swap, mm-hmm. right? Uh, HDMI is hot swap. You don't have to turn things off to pull the component out. Just like a non-hot swap uh, component, a computer would be like a hard drive, right? Like an actual hard drive. You know, you know what I mean? Like you. Not a USB drive, like a, I mean, like car, an internal they call them drive. Carts, they call a cart, them, cart yeah. or cartridge. Yeah. I think I think they would. Uh, in some of the shows, they didn't give a shit, and you can hear them just, you know, slamming these things around. Yeah, absolutely. Plugging them in and yeah. pulling them out and stuff during the show. <clears throat> so, um, if you take an album, uh, well, any of the Beastie Boys albums were chopped and screwed to where that's 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 what they call it is chopped and screwed, and you're like, where did that come from? Well, I watched a video a couple years ago that a guy. He's a DJ by trade, but he loves just the science behind sampling. Mm. And he took a Beastie Boys album that was kind of critically panned at the time, but has now turned out to be probably one of their, considered to be one of their best albums. It's called Paul's Boutique. Came out in like 88, I think it was. Mm. And they were trying to recreate uh, License to Ill with, you know, you know, No Sleep Till Brooklyn and mm. Girls and all that, like all those songs. And this is so sample heavy. They sampled something like 1,100 songs in a twelve in a twelve track album. There's nothing. There's nothing synthesized on there. That is all somebody who had something on vinyl or on a like tape, ma- manually done. Manually done. It was a, done by a, 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 a two guys that are their production team called the Dust Brothers, which have been around. It kind of reminds me of like, individual cells <laughs> that you would make for animation or something. It's the same level. It's These guys the, would draw each little yes. Every single little cell before they make could make a that's movie. Absolutely, that is a, that is a great that's a great analogy. And yeah. and you know Paul's boutique at the time, people were just like, "What the fuck is this?" But if you listen to it now, it's so sonically dense, it's it's, it's incredible. But anyway, this guy uh, is a DJ by trade, but he's also a he's a sound engineer and he's a professor at some place in L.A. But he had this YouTube video. I just stumbled. It was like Paul's Boutique, blah, 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 blah. So I started watching. It's like 45 minutes long. And I just got really deep into it. And he just goes through every single sample on the album. Just the first track is like a 12-minute video of him going. Explanation. This, is, you know, this, this drum roll came from this. This backbeat came from this. This sample, this, 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 and this. And it goes through the album, the artist, and da, 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 and how they put that together. And it's like, fuck. Some of that stuff is, some of it's sped up. You know, they speed it up. If you think about just the just the level of things that people had to do back then without using anything digital, which completely blows my mind. But this thing can do all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all of your samples are all digital. And they're, but I also, I have USB out on my mixing, the mixer that I have for my turntables at home. So okay. if I hear something cool in an album, you I can, can just, I can, that. I can capture that to my computer and load it on there. And then I can just hit a little drum pad, excuse me, a little uh, touch pad on there and it plays it. Or you can play it like a piano. It's a little 20, it's a little baby, like 25 key piano. But it's, that was my Christmas purchase to myself. That's a nice gift for yourself. And yeah. then I, I actually had forgotten that my mom gave me a $50 gift card to Amazon. Oh, so okay. it still didn't even, I had that loaded up. I was like, I thought this, sh- this should have been like $120 for that. And I paid $25 for a, a like a, a carrying case, like a hard carrying case mm-hmm. for it. Uh, and it's like this should be more money than that, and then I realized that I had that gift card. I'm like, well, it still didn't cost me that much money. So, mm-hmm. and I promised my mom I would spend that money on something for me, 
not for other people like I have in the past. Right. But did, didn't uh, speaking of this uh, board we have here, this mixing board, doesn't didn't Chris Lay buy one of these recently? I think uh, he did. Chris Lay had one of these already. Oh, he already. When did. we okay. bought ours, I was telling him he was like, "Oh shit, we have the same one." And he's like digging around the side of it. it's like it's in in his garage. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't been. I think he's using it. Maybe he showed it on a recent post. I think he's going to be using. Maybe it or he's something. using it more. That's good. I hope so. Yeah, he, he should be. He's fucking talented. Those guys have got a good thing going on with their new little their new uh, bands. Ghost, yeah. Ghostwood. It's really. Do we, cool. we talk about? Uh, I can't remember last show. Did we talk about that I gave him a flight or not? Did we talk about this? No, we haven't talked about this, but I think we should go to break first and then come back and talk about that, how we finally got. But there's that and I had two of the most bizarre dreams last night that I'm not even sure I want to share. That's how fucking bizarre they were. Oh. But anyway, I'll just, we'll, I'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about 2021. Oh, uh, I know. I'm afraid to. Okay. All right. We're going to, we'll be right back, folks. We're going to take a break. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose the so much brighter there You can't forget all your troubles Forget all your cares So go downtown Things will be great When you're downtown No final place for sure Downtown Everything's waiting for you Downtown Don't hang around let your problems surround you There are movie shows Downtown Maybe you know some little places to go To where they never close Downtown Just listen to the rhythm of a gentle bossing over You'll be dancing with them too Before the night is over Happy again The light's so much brighter you can't forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown, where all the lights are bright, downtown, waiting for you tonight, downtown, you're gonna be alright now, downtown, downtown, 
Okay, before we get into anything else, we do have to talk about the Nashville bomber guy. I want to explain to yes, we do. I want to explain to people right now. For the first time in a long time, we actually have a fucking page of shit we want to talk about. We know we haven't done this we, in we, years. No, we, yeah. In the very beginning, we tried to do that. You know, it was okay for like two episodes. We're like, this is. We need to rant and ramble. We we can't work within the confines of these structures. I shan't work. I shan't work like this. Like this. <laughs> uh, no, the Nashville bomber guy. So they. Well, they <laughs> I think but, they, I thought the text do this information. I think you were at work. I can't stop. Like, okay, it's not funny that the guy blew something up. It's well, not he, he funny blew himself he, up only. That was he, a good. He blew himself up only, and apparently there was like three people that are that were wounded. An intentional and, suicide you know, bomber that that didn't that, didn't that, really I, hurt anybody. Else. Apparently, I, from what I understand, what I read uh, last night in the news reports, that the guy that they are cons- fairly certain is the guy. He hated the cops and all that, and that was the reason he was trying to draw cops there and then blow it up and hurt people, which backfired because the cops in Nashville are smart. Like, they're used to crowd control. And, you know, especially down there, from uh, from what I was told by uh, Charlie and a couple other people, is that, like, there's cops everywhere because they want everybody to have a good time. So there's, like, low crime rate and da, da, whatever. Anyway, so but those cops are fucking smart. They hear this announcement, but the, the guy, like, there's an, an announcement going on. Yeah, so he parks the van... By himself, he's in in the, not the van. Excuse me, it's a motorhome, like an RV, yeah, older yeah. motorhome, full of. We don't. I, I would like to know what I'm. I'm guessing it was like probably ammonium nitrate and probably diesel fuel, like it is. Yeah, uh, and uh, and he he planned to do this and made a tape, an audio tape beforehand. Obviously, planned this all out and parks it there and then starts playing this pre-recorded loop of two things. Go ahead, Joe. I don't oh, know. What, no, three things. A was, countdown. Like yeah, it was a, when count, it was it was a countdown. When it was going to blow up. And then. And then a warning of. What was the warning? It was a uh, caution or whatever. That, do you have. The world be, did they even say it was going to be an explosion? God damn it. I can't I don't know. The, I don't know. I've never actually heard the recording. Oh, I, that's the part that I heard. Yeah. I, all I heard was the song that was playing in the background was Petula Clark's hit Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm a little older than Joe, and I actually was alive when this song I think was on the radio. We have to know what year that was. Late '60s. I have no idea. I'll we'll look that one up real quick. While the I'm radio. You it. mean like uh, like satellite radio? No, no, no. It was more of a radio. It was like a big, one of those big brown pieces of furniture that was round like this with the big dials on the side, and it had one dial because it was right. only AM. And everybody would gather around kids with a pipe. Your father would be smoking a pipe, and. The dog would be there. Did your and, father smoke a pipe? No, my grandfather did, though. It smelled fantastic. Oh, yeah. Pipe smoke's amazing. Oh, my God. There's nothing like a good pipe smell. You know? It just, they're just not. Um, so, Petula Clark, downtown, was recorded when? 1964. Oh, my God. So, I wasn't... I don't remember that song when it came out because I was, yay, a year old. I love Nashville. Quote, Petula Clark responds after downtown parties <laughs> and Christmas parties. <laughs> This song is a very uplift, uplifting it's, song. It's not though. It's not though. And that's what that's what the well, article that I read it picked it apart and was like that song is about someone who is really depressed and the only place that that picks she, her up is that picks her up is going downtown because it's got like beat to it. It's got. A, I mean, I mean, because the, the, the downtown's the explosive. Town. Like it's. <laughs> that was a so horrible, I so, so I saw this and I heard the, I heard the warning. I wish you could find the audio tape of the audio clip, Joe, of the warning of um, uh, please. Please go away, whatever the, oh my God, I should have thought of this before we went on the air again. Anyway, on the air, we're not on the air. 
recording. Anyhow, but then I read this where also was being played in the background was Petula Clark's Downtown. I I laughed out loud by myself. And when I found out about it, I also fucking laughed out loud. And then it was I, I was reading the I read an article and like maybe it was maybe an hour later that you texted me and I just busted up laughing again. I said, you know what? Because he is downtown. Get it? He'll always be downtown. And the joke goes, he'll always, DNA will always be yeah, little be, bits of him. They'll be picking his DNA out of downtown, downtown. Nashville for a long time. What did Petula Clark say? She just said, I love Nashville. <laughs> and it's not funny. It's funny in a sick way because we were talking about this. We thought, okay, was the guy twisty? He's like, fuck it. And he was like, it's really evil cackling. And I'm going to play downtown because I'm an asshole. Or was he like, you know what? I feel good. I'm going to knock myself out of this cruel, stupid, fucked up world. And I think this would be funny if I played downtown. He's just going to go out with a sense of humor. Which right. Is, so which what we're never going to know. No. Well, unless they find, I mean, it's still so new. Yeah. You know, might find some sort of manifesto or some shit. Uh, right. I don't know. He was mad about mad about cops. I think that's what he, that's what his plan was. Was to kill, I, was cops. To kill a, a bunch of cops. Apparently, but what's funny was he on this recording. It told everybody to get away. You have like five minutes or four minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. And guess what? They got away. I mean, yeah. they they said, all right, we'll keep our distance. And a couple more hurt, not very strongly, not very strongly hurt. Wow. wow. Uh, I didn't know you were a doctor. <laughs> but they weren't hurt very badly. Hey, I can just see the doctor's notes now. A patient is strongly hurt. <laughs> In left leg bone. <laughs> left leg bone. That's how good that doctor is. Strongly hurt in left leg bone. I, <laughs> there's about eight I, bones I in heard, the leg total. Uh, like four at least. Three. There's three. Three, two lower and one upper. The tibia and fibias are lower. And the femur. The femur. All right. God. Well, the leg bone's connected to the heart bone. <laughs> So anyway, he he went in the in the cops. You could kind of see him. They were in the area, but they went. All right, they kind of were walking away and keeping away. They're like, we'll see if who knows what was going to happen. Like a, like a big glitter bomb or something like that, or a big stink bomb. Who who knew what was going to happen? A glitter bomb. <laughs> <laughs> how fucking funny would that be? If it was a glitter bomb, and he just like that was his way of coming out. You know how the song downtown? Yeah. He he was he was unhappy because he was gay and he offed himself, which is sad. he was just so closeted. He wanted to right let everybody know out of the closet and out on the street. <clears throat> oh god, and all over downtown, <laughs> spread it around downtown. I mean, it's terrifying, and I don't want to make light of a terrifying, traumatic situation. But I'm uh, but the only reason we can laugh at this is that nobody was seriously correct or, and, or and, killed for and, that matter. Killed. That was a powerful son of a bitch fucking it, bomb. It was it was a, it was big a one. serious bomb. Yeah. Um. So I'm look. I'm laughing. I'm thinking this is not right. I'm something is wrong with me. Downtown, come on. You kind of wonder if if he timed it right too, where the crescendo. Like when she comes out, you know, there's like a a moment of the song where she's downtown. You know, near the end when she's really yeah. belting it out. You kind of wonder if he hit the button then or something just right when. I just wonder why you're like sitting in an RV with all sitting on top of all these explosives, listening to that song. And that's what you like. That's that. Oh, it's but on. it's funny because it's downtown. No, I <laughs> I get the joke. Oh, I get the right. joke. Well, anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, I want to hear something about your these these dreams you were. I'm, I'm going to make it brief because we have a different topics you want to talk about. But I I woke up. I had to. Here's what happens if I have a bad dream sometimes. Like if I'm if I'm kind of waking up, I'm half awake or asleep, and then I'll fall back asleep and kind of fall back into the same dream. If that happens like once or twice, excuse me, 
I will, um, I'll wake up another time and I will have to physically get out of bed because that kind of reboots it my reboots brain. brain. Yeah. So you don't go I'll back go to the that. bathroom. I'll get a drink of water. I'll do something. Well, I'm glad you're able to go back to sleep after shit like that. Oh, right? it takes about four seconds. Oh, you're such a <laughs> bastard. I know. Sorry, I apologize for offending anybody with any sleep disorders out there, which is probably most of you. I think I have one, too, because I can just fall asleep. Hey, you know what, buddy? Kiss my ass. That's not a sleep disorder. <laughs> okay. That's All an right. awake disorder. <laughs> that's most that's people, true. You have low-grade narcolepsy. I might. Yeah. Um, anyway, so okay. so this is what happened after, after the uh, and I, I think I reset myself after this. First, here's the first dream. And I'm just going to rip through it real quick. I'm with my mother and my my mother's passed away almost 20 years ago now. I can't believe it. But 9-11 was a year after she passed away. How old is 9-11 now? The event? Well, next year it'll be 20 years. Right. So this is 20 years ago. Anyway, so she's been been dead for a while. And my sister is not. She and I still communicate and so forth. Um <laughs> Am I giving too much detail? So my mom, my mom is dead, and my sister is not. We right, still I'm, communicate. Not I would be more worried if you said my mom is dead and my sister is not, and I still communicate with both of them. Right? You're people s- do. People your talk to their phraseology. You're so. I know. It's so, weird. The setup is so terrible. Fun. It's rather strongly injured. <laughs> this is a strongly injured setup. <laughs> and we're only on two, one double shot of espresso. No shit. It's so stupid. Okay. All right. Go Should on. Should have done more of those during okay. the break. Mom, right. mom died. Sister hasn't. And I am pregnant in this. Um, Excuse me? Yes. You're pregnant. I am pregnant. You're with child. Yes. And I'm giving birth. Okay. So you're <laughs> dreaming. Yes. You're, you're dreaming and you are giving birth. Yes. Okay. And my mother is there and my sister is there. My mother's the main person because she's like, and, and I am now mad because the baby is stuck. You know, it's not coming out. And it's, it's probably because you don't have a vagina, presumably. <laughs> more, than, more than likely. But it feels, I remember it feels like, it feels like one of these massive, you know. Dump? Dumps that it's not going to, that's not Dude, coming out. Dude, did you out. shit the bed? No. Oh, okay. All right. I kind of thought I was not even close, what even close to that. But anyway. But there was this, I was so mad at my mother because my mother's and my sister's ideas, this is why I was mad at them, for me to get pregnant. Like, it'll be okay. This will be fun for you to have a baby. You know, that kind of thing. So they had convinced me to get pregnant, and now I'm giving, trying to give birth. You know, and now I'm just pissed off because it's not going well. The actual childbirth process is not, you know how dreams are. They're not normal. Yeah, no, I understand. I also <laughs> understand a small amount of uh, your uh, crazy head, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay and it's, you're it's angry like, it's, like, it's like you're taking i'm trying to find the right position i remember that i remember i was gonna have on my back do you want am i gonna be like doggy style i think i remember trying that to try to get this baby out of me and it wasn't doggy style birth whatever <laughs> i'm just <laughs> just saying but that's i thought the best i can describe it i mean okay? i feel like doggy style is probably how you got in this situation in the, in the first place <laughs> that's right that's Anyway, okay. All right. I, so I don't remember having a, a yeah a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I don't remember. There was no run up to this event. You just went to a <laughs> right clinic. And right. I, no, it was it was like it was someone's home. It was it was in a room. It was at someone's house. Like they were the midwives. Probably. So you were having a midwife birth, which I appreciate. I think that's much better. With and my sister for and mother, you and, you and your child, with your sister and your mother present. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pissed off because it's not coming out. This baby is not coming out. Anyway, at some point I wake up a couple different times and that's when I reset. 
The, the, that's where it ends. Oh, what the fuck, Gaines? I'm sorry. So there's no birth. I thought no. there was gonna be a whole birth sequence, and no. it was gonna be like, and no. I gave birth to Malcolm X or something, <laughs> something completely fucking bad. Or Orville Wright, an airplane. Came yeah, you, out. Gave, you gave birth to an F-16. <laughs> I mean, maybe your child identifies as an F-16. <laughs> that's how I fear. It's how I fear inside. <laughs> Okay. Okay, you're an F. You can be an F sixteen. Okay, that's fine. Oh my god! All right, so I reset. Okay, okay, so you reset. Now, now this is a more bizarre dream. I'm gonna forget some of the details, but I'm more yeah. bizarre than you in the middle of birth. Yes. All right. Yes. It, it definitely is at least as bizarre, but so very different. But it has to do with ass again, like the, that part of the body. Okay. Okay. That folks, you've been forewarned. Right. Okay. All right. So I am somewhere trying to find this glider port that I heard about used to exist somewhere. Like I'm on driving. I'm. I'm looking. I got a map. I'm trying to find this abandoned glider port. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter. Pull in uh, to this place, and there's a couple of campsites around. It's like in the desert in a way because it's kind of open or, or prairie-ish or something, and it's off like, let's say Route 66, but it's not. It's just some small road, and there it is. So I pull in, and um, it's the middle of the day, but I've been driving all day, and I'm kind of tired, and so I want to take a nap. And I found like this little, like a caravan, like, like, a, like, a, like a fifth wheel that was just there. It was open. It was kind of clean. I'm like, no one's around here. I'm just going to go in here and fall asleep for a little while. My cat was with me, my new cat. Poncho. Poncho was with me. So we're uh, we're uh, falling asleep. Cat's falling asleep, and then I hear some noise, like a tractor, some kind of a some kind of a noise. And what it was was this guy. It looks, it looks like I thought it was maybe his caravan. He was not happy about me, someone being in there. So, but he also had a like a, this big pickup truck, and he had like this. He was like a carny person. Like he worked at carnivals. He was terribly ugly, very bad teeth, kind of longer hair, just really rough skin. But he had this this sort of a display in the back of his uh, truck that was just weird stuff that you would find like at a, a freak show or something like that. And, um, and I was still trying to fall asleep, but he was there bothering us. And I thought, hey, uh, we're just here resting. And he wasn't really saying much, but you had these weird smiles and cackles. And, and he was kind of setting up his display his act his carny thing whatever the fuck it was what do you want to call it okay and part of this act was the back a back third of like either a horse or a donkey and um this big butt end this ass of an ass let's say it's it's right there and as it turns out part of the show and you know how dreams again of course weird and you kind of piece all this shit together but part of his show is to is to make this concoction that he would sort of place or put into the front end of this horse's butt, front end meaning the middle of the horse, and it would shit out rather quickly. It would just raise its tail and just poop on you. So that's what this guy was doing. He was unhappy with me being there, so he was making all this weird. He was like, I'm going to show this guy that's fucking up with my stuff. And I'm gonna. He backed his truck up, manufactured this fake poop that did smell like poop, by the way, and... He's cramming this fake poop inside this midsection of a horse, and this f- fake horse is raising its tail and just starting to sort of uh, 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 what do you want to call it? If you like, projectile shit is coming out of it. 
like a rhinoceros. Ever seen a rhinoceros? Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like one of those things. It's coming out. He's he's trying to aim it towards me, and I'm now I'm getting up, and the cat's getting up now because she's not happy. (laughs) So, and and I had grabbed this like this anvil, this like 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 a big triangle, like a big triangle anvil tool that was there, part of his setup, part of his. And I'm trying to smack him with it because he's trying to shit all over us, and um, he never quite does. And I finally we can finally just get the fuck out of there. Anyway, that's. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I uh, I sometimes have pleasant dreams. I hope so. These these were back to back. Or what do you want to well, call? Well, my thing is is like you have two dreams. I'm going to try and interpret these okay, with no professional. The doctor is in. Yeah, the doctor is in. I feel uh, I feel like your brain is strongly injured. <laughs> The fact of the matter is, I think is I got up had, again. I had to. I said, "What the fuck is with tonight?" You know, I think I got up again. I said, "This is." You had these two dreams back to back that are both centered around expelling things from the body. From your why does everything have to do with things coming in and going out of my ass? Exactly. But that was the first uh, first South Park first uh, first episode of South Park. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, the alien, and then when it would fart, it would burn, and it was like yes. flame, flame, flame would flame shoot out. <laughs> he had the anal probe in there. Um, <laughs> And then he finally shit out an entire fucking spaceship or something. Yeah, it was like, a, bit, like it was a big satellite dish yeah. or something. A huge satellite yeah. dish. Anyway, so you have these two dreams centered around expelling things from your body. One of them, the birth thing, I can't even pick apart because it terrifies me yeah. to dig that deep. But then this weird Salvador Dali Cohen Brothers thing that you've got That's going That's exactly on. what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Machine that was just <clears throat> this big. This I'm holding up about eight inch diameter. Vol. That that's that's the amount of poop that was coming out. Just try with trying to poop on. Are me. you sure you didn't get up and take a shit? I didn't. Like I feel like you had to have gotten up and taken a big dump. I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't feel feel fill the bed up with just a massive yeah life changing event. You know, there's only like what ten events that happen in your life that really matter, and that the, would have been one that would have been one of them. <laughs> Well, the one it would have been two of them. A combo it would have been one, the actual shit, and then having to clean that mess up. I'd have just thrown away the mattress like everybody else does around this town. I would have just, I would have just uh... the f- <laughs> Mac Nelson's post with the feral mattresses. So they're always so fucking funny. The feral mattress committee of Mojave right. County. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so my uh, interpretation of those dreams is that you needed to take a dump, or metaphorically, maybe you needed to take a dump. You know, uh, dump some things out of your life. Maybe someone's trying to dump on me, and I'm not aware of it. Maybe that could be. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm a little I'm, I'm horrified just... now with your carny donkey show <laughs> fucking trailer thing, including your pro- cat projectile poop fucking fest. I was afraid you were gonna go like full on bachelor party on that one, like the with the fucking didn't they have the donkey? Oh, in bachelor party. The oh, Tom, the, Hanks, the Tom Hanks. We also talked about that in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, where he went down. To, he went down to Mexico, went to Tijuana, you know, and he had this show. I mean, he was talking to uh, talking to the uh, Virgin. I have known two people that have been to an actual donkey show. It's not a myth; it's a real thing. Oh, I know, I, and they're both military. Shocking, I know. Military people that yeah, went down there. yeah, of course they did. Fuck, man, I don't want to watch some woman jerk off a donkey. I mean, I kind of do to say that I did, but I really don't but want then you, to. Then because it's now it's in there the rest of your life. It's yeah, I don't want I I. I Mm, I see. I could block that out. I don't have to think that all the time. I'm pretty sure if I saw that, I would have to think about it all the time. If you could just wipe your hard drive clean, your your internal 
mental hard drive. Like some things, if you could just do like you could like a, you know, a, a thumb drive or something like mm-hmm. you could just do, you know what? I don't really need to see that anymore. I don't need to memorize that. Memorize, remember that and just, just clear the file. <laughs> uh, did That'd you ever nice. see, um, eternal sunshine, the spotless mind? No. But Jim Carrey, story. really? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet <clears throat> takes place near future kind of thing. And, uh, Jim Carrey falls in love with Kate Winslet. Uh, their characters fall in love, uh, and then uh, and it ends up being such a hard break a breakup for Jim Carrey's character that he goes to a company that specializes in removing people from your memory. Oh, that'd be nice. And the whole it's one of the most brilliant movies I've ever seen. Like it's visually stunning. the 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 story, the acting, everything is all really great. And they do it like as you go to sleep one night. But then they have people that while you're getting your brain kind of those things in your brain deleted uh they get rid of all the things in your home that would remind you of them but as they're going through your memories like oh we need to take that get rid of that so they're seeing all this stuff then they're like i got yes that's interesting i like that it's a i'm surprised you haven't seen it i mean it's probably a 10 or 15 year old movie but it's really really good so there was a friend of mine, uh, Andrew Latham, you've, uh, I've talked about him before. He was the one that gave me a little bit of money when I needed some for uh, college, college yeah. one time. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> he, he wrote an essay in high school. I wonder what class that would have been. Probably, probably not. Probably not math class. Let me think. Nope. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he did, he would have probably failed the, the course. That's why I didn't do, do good math. Yeah. He, like, he kept writing essays. One and math. one, one plus one equals grammar. That's not how that works. <laughs> he wrote an essay explaining how to get through. I guess he just got was broken up. How to get through a relationship? How to get through a breakup? You know, and it was it was re- really well written. And one of the things just similar. It just reminds me of what you were talking about. But one of them was you know you can't listen to the radio at all. Because every single song or every other song is going to remind you right. when you were at the arcade, which is what we did back then, with her doing when you ordered the stupid pizza that she loved or whatever it was. Right. You picked her up on the second date and this song was playing. You, what, you know what I'm saying? So you can't listen to the radio at all. Just forget the radio. Done for a few months. That kind of thing. Yeah. You got to wipe makes these sense. things off of your You got to wipe those things. Well, the, <clears throat> the moral of the, the, that's the movie is, well, I mean, you don't have to watch it because there's so much. There's so there's a lot of depth to it, but it's basically like you can never really delete someone that you care about out of your brain. Like it's just not physically possible because then he runs into her afterward. Oh yeah. He doesn't know her then. He has no idea who she is, but then like starts talking with her and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mind fuck of a movie. You need to watch it. Is it a, is it a good, or is it like a good, bad movie? Like it, no, it's a, good reviews no, or? it's a, no, it's one of a very highly rated movie. That's really, I, really I good. I can't forget this then. Yeah. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And it, I mean, it'll fuck you up a little bit. It's one of those movies that you're like, it's kind of like, um, Joe, I had, it, I had <clears throat> a dream about a, a last third of a donkey shitting a fucking fire hose of poop at me. Okay. Yeah. That, that doesn't, that won't fuck you up as much as this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. It's almost it's it's not quite as bad as Requiem for a Dream. I know you've seen yes, that. Yes. I saw that movie exactly one time and that's one time more than I needed to. What was the movie with Robin Williams where he What Dreams May Come? Yes. Oh my god. You like how I just fucking nailed it? I knew, you knew exactly, exactly what I was going I with that. I fucking knew what Robin Williams You know what told me to watch come? that movie and I if I keep was alive now I'd go smack him in the face Your right father? Now. No. Oh. <laughs> my my uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I would Captain, go, my Captain. Yeah, um, uh, is my therapist back in Atlanta. Wow. Because you need to watch this movie. Oh, my God. That's a fucked up. It's a fucked up movie. Holy the shit. The whole journey of him going through heaven and hell, hell and purgatory to find, and find his, his wife. wife after yeah. being, Jesus. That's a, I wonder if that got a good rate. I have to look it that did. up. It did. I got. actually took a girl to see that in the theater. We did had fucking, just started dating, Did you too. walk out and just didn't know what to say at all? Yeah, we walked out of the movie in Laughlin going, you want to go get a drink? And she's like, yes. And <laughs> we just went straight to a cocktail <laughs> oh bar. Oh, my God, that movie. It, it was so intense. It is very intense. Uh, the Fountain is another one that's very intense. That's uh, Rachel Weisz, mm. which I hate her last name, and uh, – and, uh, fucking Wolverine, uh, Hugh Jackman. Okay, that's another one that is like it transcends space and time, and it's like it's, it's just a fucked up movie. But it's just like what dreams may come when it comes to the um, the. It's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that the, was, but was the plot movie, line's yeah. really good too. Yeah, uh, Requiem for a Dream fucked me all up just because uh, it pr- it showed that everybody has their own addictions, mm-hmm. and then it just and they and they will eventually destroy you if you don't figure it out like that. And the Jennifer Connolly and the the other girl Ooh, in the strip Jennifer club, Connelly. like with the double ended dildo, and then like the, what the Wait, one guy, what? yeah. See, you must have blocked that movie out because I remember every fucking second of that movie, and I've only seen it once. Jared Leto, I need to go. Jared Leto loses his arm. To I mean, I, Jennifer Connelly. I'm she's all. I'm all about Jennifer. You Connelly. just couldn't stop looking at Jennifer Connelly in that. Probably her gets, eyebrows. I was focused well, on her eyebrows. She's naked the entire time. <clears throat> okay. And there's, I mean, full everything naked. That's like, how intense like, it was for me. I but just, she's, but it's not good naked. You don't know, remember the Seinfeld episode, good naked and bad yeah, naked. Yeah. Most of the naked Jennifer Connelly in that movie is not. It's not. Oh shit. It's more like, oh, she's an addict, and this is at a very, very, very intense. low point. Yeah. Like yeah, like it's not it's it's not good. Eh, I mean, for some people maybe for some people who are into donkey shitting type stuff, <laughs> it might be <laughs> it might be good. Naked. I'm trying to think. Uh, for me, peak Jennifer Connelly is. Uh, if is, you say labyrinth, I'm calling the cops. No, Blood Diamond. I think I loved her in Blood Diamond. Yeah, she, yeah. She wore her hair and her eyebrows. <laughs> so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> brother. Actually, what was the Disney movie, the flying uh, movie that uh, she was the girlfriend? Oh, the uh, Rocketeer. Rocketeer. She yeah, was I'd good say in. that was peak Jennifer Connelly for you. I wouldn't say peak Jennifer Connelly, but like I don't know. I don't. I like I. I'm trying to come up with five Jennifer Connelly movies I've seen. Uh, that's true. That would be kind of a challenge. labyrinth. Rocketeer, Requiem for a Dream, Blood Diamonds, Drugstore Cowboys. Was she in that one? I think that was her. Um. She's this real intense oh, eyes inventing, and eyebrows. Is it inventing the Abbots? With the with the, I think that's what it is. With the the uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix and Billy Crudup. They're brothers. There's a there's there's like three brothers and three sisters, and they're all in love with each other. And like it's a they're like neighbors, okay. kind of, or they live in the same neighborhood. But like the brothers, that family is like kind of white trash. And Jennifer Connelly's family is like more uppity type. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix walks in and he's like watching Billy Crudup, like getting ridden by Jennifer Connelly and she knows he's watching and just tortures him because he's in love with her. And wow. it's a, yeah, like I can't peak Jennifer Connelly is happen has been happening for 25 years. That's, That's the way I look at it. That, That's true. Cause I'll watch, I watched labyrinth, uh, maybe six months ago for the first time in over 20 years. And I was like, Wow, she's really, really young in this movie. Because I remember thinking, like, I had this like little boy kind of was like, I love her. I'm gonna have a huge crush on her. Like, how old in the 
16, I think. 16 she was 18, actually, 16. she was like 16 to 18, something like that. That was a real age, you're saying? Yeah. She, okay. Yeah. And you can tell, you're like, oh, shit, okay, I should not be looking at her this way. Okay. Because it's, it, you know, it, but anyway, uh, yeah, Jennifer Connelly. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather make out with, Jennifer Connelly or Catherine McPhee, Mr. Eyebrows? God damn it, that's a tough one. It's a trick question. You'd rather watch them make out with each other. Oh, sorry. Just get, make them get eyebrow to eyebrow. Do I have any parting gifts backstage for me? Because I, I <laughs> con- consolation prize. It's a bottle of lotion. Eyebrow to eyebrow. Eyebrow to eyebrow. I, that would be complete I- overload for me. <laughs> that That's what killed. I saw there's too many hot looking eyebrows going on in this one fucking frame of my mind right there. It's funny because, like, I pride myself on noticing little things, like when people change things or, like, you know, one of those compliments that, like, uh, that women do like. And I'm not trying to get in their pants. I'm just, like, genuinely giving people compliments because I don't, I feel like we don't give each other enough compliments as just as a society. Yeah, as human beings in general. Like, not, and, and not like, ah, that's nice, nice tits. Like, that's not a compliment. <laughs> I mean, it may be a it's compliment not. to into <laughs> no. a certain. It's, what do you mean? It's not a compliment. Well, they're nice. Well, they're I nice. Said they're she's, nice. She's wearing a tight shirt. She clearly asked for it. Right. Right. No, that's not how that works. Um, but no, the eyebrow thing. Like ever since you told me about that, like you have an eyebrow thing. I just like I pay attention to him now, and I will call it out and be like, "Honey, your eyebrows are on point today. You did a great job." Because that's a perfect for a, compliment for a, because... a, a straight male to pick up on something like that. Mm. It catches them off guard unless they know me. And you know what? Women, a lot of women, some women, work on their fucking eyebrows. Yeah. And if you notice that shit, it's like, oh wow, he noticed. Yeah, I, it's like I'm working on my eyebrows, yeah. and he noticed them. It's like somebody said, uh, "Who I I can't remember who it was. Uh, some it was maybe a year ago. Got into my truck and was like." This is a clean truck. I'm like, uh, thanks. I'm like, no, really, it's it's clean. Like, it's clean. It's fairly clean on the outside and on the inside. It doesn't stink. It it smells nice. And there's this and there's that. And like, she asked me if I had any tissues. And I had a little box, little baby box of tissues, uh, in the glove. I say on oh, the glove box, and she opens it up, and there's like, well. You know, you have a daughter, so you have certain things on, you know, uh, like, you know, whatever, stocked. Mm. So, like, I had forgotten. She, she opens up. The, she's like, well, I could survive like a month in this truck. And I'm like, why is that? She goes, well, you have a bag of beef jerky in there, which I forgot was in there. It's a bag of beef jerky. You're like, oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. I wonder yeah. what that was. Bag of beef jerky, a half full box of tampons, like fucking <laughs> there's some ibuprofen. There's like a first aid kit with like a suture kit and suture removal kit just in case you need to do stitches and you're out in the bush long enough mm. that you need to remove them. You know, just shit like that. And she's like, this is this is really nice. Thank you. You like think this through. And that was a tremendous compliment to me because mm-hmm. it's something like I wouldn't think of. Anybody would ever compliment me in a million years. I would never think that anybody would compliment me on something like that. But it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice compliment. One thing I always have in my truck, I don't have tampons and I don't have suturing equipment, but I do have. You're fucking not living your best life there, James. (laughs) There is one (laughs) one thing in my truck that you're, I'm going to call you out. You're going to know what I'm talking about. There's always in my truck and I can't live without it. I got a gun. Okay. Other than that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't it's an wait. item I know you've seen oh, in there. Oh, uh, floss. Okay, the third thing. <laughs> God, I can't. You always have the floss pickers. I do. I have those fucking, floss pickers. They're, they're People stashed. love that. No, I no, I I do too. We like, have a group. When we, we, we all used to go out to restaurants like a year ago. Yeah. 
everybody would go somewhere yes, in the truck. Yeah. And hey, somebody want? And they'd be like, nah, I'm okay. And then like, hey, man, like a minute later, they go, do you actually have? Yeah, I got them right here. I do. Here's an entire bag. They're all mints flavored and shit. I'm trying to think of what else you have in your truck. You always have lotion. You have you have really high quality lotion because you have shit skin, and yeah. I always appreciate that because I have shitty skin as well. All right, so I'm, there's more things in my truck. Other now than those that, four things, other than those four things, <laughs> the gun, the, the gun, the floss, floss, lotion, lotion, uh, and wait, was there a fourth thing? I don't know. I don't remember. This is a more obvious thing. It's kind of like big. It's not like hidden away, like in the in the in the any compartment. It's just there. iPad. No, no. This would be a thing that's there now. Like my iPad's I, right here. It's I there. have. I have no idea. A roll of paper towels. Oh, do you ever notice that? No, I've never noticed that. I'm, I was oh. too busy laughing about the other stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's because you've never been in the back seat of my. Uh, not yet, anyway. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a backseat kind of girl. <laughs> God, that's I all I did in high school oh my was God. just like nail girls in the backseat. It's in just the back we, we go these new subdivisions that were being built. You know, they were making new, cutting new roads and paths in the middle of the northern Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was all the development and subdivision. You know, the, yeah. all that kind of shit. That's where you'd go to make out and have sex and stuff and do things. Do things. You know, I like to, how there, there's no condoms in your truck. Which is a there good thing. You shouldn't put condoms in your truck anyway, especially out in the desert because it gets so hot and they deteriorate. And then you don't have these little gainslets. Now I'm trying around. to think of what else. You get some super gonorrhea. Have you have you read about this? I've read about it. Holy Apparently shit. It's, it's, be, uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's becoming more prevalent. Wasn't it in England the super gonorrhea they found? Wasn't it there? Well, they, they, maybe initially, but it's all over the U.S. now. It's popping up on college campuses. Well, it's impossible for me to have it right now. I can tell you that. So Yeah, me too. There you go. Womp, womp. Uh, so anyway, that was... Uh, Oh, so you have a clean truck, and you had certain things in there, and I've got certain things in my truck. Oh, should I go down the list? I'm sure we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, what we're actually going to talk about. All right, hold on. There's my dream. Going to mark that got off the Got the dreams list. off the list. Off that. Thank God. Uh, Chris Lay. Oh, the flight with Chris Lay. Let's, All right, yeah. We're not going so, to really hammer that one you too folks, hard, Chris, Mr. Chris Lay has been on this podcast twice. or He's been on He's been on here twice solo and then once with the, with the rest of the Swillers. Yes. So he's familiar with the podcast. You all, or most of the people that listen to this podcast know of him, if not know him personally. And for you, you all need to understand, he has been terrified of flying his entire life. I know that just some of it is just anxiety, just generalized anxiety. I asked him one time just jokingly, and I was like, oh, is it because you watched La Bamba too many times? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, oh, fuck, I was just joking. And I thought he was kidding for the longest time when I first met him. Because he was always, you know, like, what do you do? Whatever. Well, I work on an airplane, fly out there. And, hey, you want to go fly? No, no way. No you know? fucking way. And, he, and would, he would bring things up like that. And I'd go, ha, ha, it's funny. And then I never really thought he was serious. But it also started getting in the way of, like, his relationship and things like yeah. that, which he was open about. Yeah. Which is the only reason why I would bring it up is, like, you know, because, you know. Because his wife went to Europe without him. Yeah, she went to Ireland without him. She's been to Seattle multiple times, Portland without him. He went all the way to Vegas. They had tickets. They were at the airport, and he left them. Yeah. They went to, what, Seattle or Portland? I think it was was Seattle. And he came back to Kingman. And just couldn't couldn't do it. And And I heard that, and I went, this is serious. Yeah, that's a serious. He was drinking back then. And that was back (laughs) when he was drinking. Yeah, so now that he's, he's been sober... Ten, nine months, nine and a half months. Good for like him that. too. It's hard March, to believe. It's 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 pretty amazing. I'm I'm just so goddamn proud of him. I I like I can't even say it enough because I know 
we all have our addictions, we all have our vices, but not all of them can be de detrimental to our lives. And the ones that are detrimental oh. to our lives are in a vicious cycle. Yes, and hold that thought for a second. You made a point that we all, there was a th comment you made before we went to the break, I think, that you said that uh, everybody has a, a vice or something. Or an addiction. Yeah, that's what Requiem for a Dream kind of Thank taught you. me. Because the mom in there was addicted to the game show thing and this yeah. and that and all that. Yeah. I want to know, we don't have an answer for this, unless you already kind of happen to have one, but I'm just curious, and we can, I'm going to look this up later. Everybody's got some kind of, a, it's almost like without exception, everybody has some kind of addiction of some kind. Right. Maybe it's not hurtful to you, but it could be like causing a problem, like to an obsessive point. In the therapy that I was in years ago, uh, we were talking about addiction because it was, I was worried about my alcohol consumption. This was, it would have been my mid early to mid twenties. And it, and the she the therapist is like I don't think you have an alcohol problem I think you have a coping problem and I'm like well isn't that the same thing she goes no 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 alcoholism is definitely a disease it affects alcohol affects people different ways uh, some people just have to be medicated you are don't do it really don't drink during the week you get fucked up on Friday and Saturday night and blah 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 and that's not necessarily healthy for you that be more but abuse, it's not, it's, alcohol it was, abuse to yeah to a certain degree I think it's kind of the way she wrapped it up. In like, there's a difference between casual binge drinking and abusing alcohol and being an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And being an alcoholic is much harder to kick, obviously, because you're drinking every day, and that's like your. It's it, it's it, it would be it, it becomes part of uh, the way it was explained to me is that it becomes part of who you are as a human, not as a right. person, but as a human. Meaning, you have to pee, you have to poop, you have to drink water, you have to eat food, mm -hmm. right? And then at some point, then you add, you have to drink because it, your body becomes dependent upon it. Then your brain becomes dependent upon it it's and then you to, function, to, to yeah. kick it out of there. And for, for Chris to be able to kick that and do it fucking cold turkey, like just. Didn't his wife do it also? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think either one of them. I don't know. I, I don't even think, I don't think she has either. I like maybe here a little bit here and there, but not, yeah. you know, and, and it was pretty. I'm just so I love those two so much just as a unit, but I, I love them each separately, but I love them as a unit even more than I love them separately. And I was just so happy to see all of that and then the growth of the past year and then you finally yeah, now, talk him, about this. Took him for a, a flight, but I was going to say. Um, I hope Chris doesn't get too pissed oh, about this, but he's, he'll be okay. On, I'm going to back up just a hair, though. So I want to know the evolutionary benefit because if everybody has an addiction – there's got to be if 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 the evolution is weird is is real, you know. There's always a benefit. You can always go back to something like what's the benefit of this or this or this. Or this? You can always pretty much nail yeah what it did for you in the past. I, I would say it's more a coping mechanism to 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 get through the day so that you can get out there and go hunt the tigers and, 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 and yeah or whatever yeah yeah. But 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 some addiction is not is not always. You're, you're saying any addiction is is a coping. No matter what it, it is. It's some it, sort of a coping mechanism. If you're mechanism. addicted to, let's think of something that's not physically damaging to you, that could be an addiction. Well, I've, um, I've said before on, on this program <laughs> that uh, uh, working in healthcare clued me into the fact that everybody that works in healthcare, especially frontline people that see injuries, people dying, so on and so forth, that's, that's all 
it's it's low grade trauma. It's not high grade trauma like getting hit over the head with a hammer or getting into or getting slapped around by your parents or being sexually abused. Not that kind of trauma. It's just small micro traumas over the course of a long period of time, and it eats at you and it it strips away some of your humanity. Mm-hmm. Because while one person who is let's say an accountant, mm-hmm. typically not a violent profession, not a profession where you're seeing a lot of bad shit, you you know typically right. Mm-hmm. But just someone who's a nurse is going to see way more uh, bad shit, like the worst that humanity has to offer. Mm-hmm. And that's what, if that's what you see 30, 40, 50 hours a week, it's going to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And people need a coping mechanism for that. Now, some people have healthy coping mechanisms, right? Like, like, but like exercise, they, like exercise, that's how it starts out. But some people really do get hooked and they, and then they, they really yes. start going like they run 10 miles or 20 miles a day and now they start to fuck up their body. I know a woman who's like that, who's my age and has been running outside 15, 20, 25 miles a day for 15 or 20 years, runs marathons, half marathons, ultra marathons. And she's starting to damage your body. And she's, you can tell by the way that she walks that her hips are starting to really fuck her all up. She's 39, 40 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Hips are fucked up. She's had skin cancer removed from her face because she's out in the, the sun, sun all the time. time. Like it, yeah. it's just it can't any of those anything you do to a to a degree that becomes damaging is going to be detrimental. Obviously, so Ben Franklin was you know, right. Everything in moderation, but that motherfucker ate a lot of beef and drank a lot of wine and, and nailed a gout. lot of French horse. And yeah, got gout. and got gout. Yeah, probably super gonorrhea. He probably was a super spreader of that. He probably. <laughs> I think he invented super gonorrhea along with. <laughs> Uh, time zone. Did he America gonorrhea. America. America. He's got that American gonorrhea. It's not super gonorrhea. It's American gonorrhea. <laughs> it's Star Spangled Bernie. But he see even he knew that right. Everything he's correct. Every Star Spangled Bernie. <laughs> er, everything in moderation. <laughs> right. That yes. That's exactly so, what you should do. But what I what I mean by like so coping mechanism. So any addiction can be a coping mechanism. You see uh, the worst that humanity has to offer, and you may go in multiple different directions you can go down the direction of pills mm-hmm. which i've seen a lot of healthcare workers and still see it all the time not not like opioid pill popping addiction although that that does exist in healthcare workers you know uh not so much now because you don't have as easy access to oh, it oh god they really slammed that door didn't they Holy it didn't shit. used to be like that it used to be yeah. like oh to one for them one for me one for them yeah. three for me like it used to be able to do that um no, I mean like uh, benzodiazepines, your your Xanax, your Ativan, your Valium, things like that, uh, or any any of your mood stabilizers, and you get hooked on those because you may not have ever had any sort of uh, real like uh, you didn't have a, a a mental illness that you needed to medicate. Maybe you just needed to manage your stress a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But then you get into a profession where you're seeing all this horrible shit and all this trauma constantly all the time for twelve or fourteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're going to need something to cope. And some people just go to the doctor and they're like, look, I am having trouble sleeping. I'm really depressed. I'm anxious at work. And then they're like, oh, here you go. Eat this. Mm-hmm. And you start munching on those pills. And then pretty soon you can't function without them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that road. Uh, alcoholism is rampant in healthcare, And it's something that people don't talk about. It's uh, and it like, you know, I work at a brewery. I like to drink. I like to get super hammered every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting drunk every single day. Right. I'm not going home from work and getting completely wasted and coming in that night. Which probably a lot of over. doctors do. I, I say a lot. I don't know what the percent. Uh, I would say there's more more nurses do it than than doctors. They just drink a lot. Yeah. To, to cope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I and I chalk that up to I don't know that I've ever heard of, and I'm sure I can be corrected on this, but I know that for at least 20 years, coping skills and trauma management and stress management are all classes that are pounded in pre-med and med school. Okay, so why? So you get eight years of school versus two to four, maybe six years of schooling for nurses, and they don't, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of a nurse tell me, yeah, we, wow, that's a, there's a throwback. We haven't been interrupted by your phone in a long time. Uh, it's too late to take calls, Gaines. No, I just put it on silent. Um, someone that wants my to buy my house. Thank God that may happen soon. Cool. Good. Um, anyway, but no, here, so here's the thing. So it's it's a coping mechanism. That, that's what I'm. Yeah. So they're so, coping mechanisms. So guys to survive and that kind of stuff. Just to survive, but, so you can get up the next day, so you can procreate and put the species forward. But they're that's damaging. A lot of these things are damaging to you. Yeah, also, but it, so but in the short term, but evolution doesn't care about how long you live. It, 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 it uh, uh, like evolution. Nature doesn't care how long you live. It cares about how much of the species you're putting, you're going to send forward. You know, do, do you understand what I mean? Wait, like that Donald Trump wins Gallup's most admired man over Obama. Cool. Just thought I would let Is you that, know. Thanks for that headline. <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a coping mechanism. Why hasn't the human body been able to evolve without having to have these damaging uh, addictions? I have no idea. I don't have an answer to that. Because everybody's got an addiction, right? Everybody, if, if people were truly honest and had truth serum pumped in them, you know, you're going to have you know, people that seem the most righteous. They've got some of those fuckers got some dark. There's some deep, bad, deep, dark seated secrets. Yeah. yeah. That was going to be the third one that I say is, 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 is pills, alcohol. And then specifically to healthcare workers, uh, Bible thumping, religion. Oh, really? Religion is the third is the third one. There's and it, sex and addiction. It, addiction. Yeah, yeah, I think that goes along with the alcohol and the pills too, because one usually kind of begets the other. Right. Um, and but that but the the big one is uh, there's a ton of born again Christian types like that 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 type. Right. Uh, of religious person that can be. And, and I'm not shutting them down. I, I'm not going to, I don't judge anybody based on their vice because I have my own. Oh, sure. I will yeah. judge them on how their vice affects me or, mm -hmm. or their family, you know, but, but, but otherwise I, I'm like, Hey man, I'm not into religion, but if that's your thing and that's what gets you able to forget the horrible shit that you've seen at work and in your life sure. and religion is what does it for you fucking right on. Cause it's probably going to be a bit healthier than the alcohol and the pills. So things like that could help that are more natural. Of course, we all know about, and we've done and dabble in is meditation and yoga and things like that. Yeah. More healthy things, which yeah. is kind of one of those things where like, I'm pretty sure like if, if you got addicted to yoga, there's probably not too many downsides to it. It's low impact. It's been shown to do all manner of amazing things physiologically to you. The only thing are, I could so say, good for you. I know that some people have these addictions, like you're talking about, you were addicted to yoga, like you really were. Like some of it would, my therapist probably say, yeah, but at some point you're going to spend so much time doing that. It is going to affect it other could. personal relationships that you really should be focusing on. And it's funny, I actually know of one woman whose personal relationship it did affect because she was doing yoga so much. I'm not going to call her out or even speak any details about that on here but i will tell you about it when we're not recording okay i'm i'm fairly certain at least two people who listen to this podcast regularly we will know exactly who i'm talking about mm -hmm. but the obsession with yoga and teaching yoga and doing yoga every day alienated her from everything else probably people in her family yeah. to where it, she now isn't part of that family wow yeah so anyway 
Yeah, but it, regardless, yeah, breaking away from those addictions is some of, is usually one of the hardest things that someone will do and go through in their life. And quite often, you, you substitute the one for the one next, for the other, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where were we before? We I'm were sorry, talking we were... about Chris Lay. Oh, and that's you it. Take him up in the fucking plane, and then you, we decided it. to talk about addiction for thirty minutes. So Chris Lay would pepper <laughs> the Facebook occasionally, like every couple months or something like that. He, he would he would make a post about something, and they would say, "Yeah, one day I'll." I'll get over this fear. Or maybe I should fly soon or something like that. Those were all cries for help to you. And I'm reaching out. I'm going, I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to wait for a while. I'll let him twist in the wind and see who else makes comments about it. And then just see what else comes up. Yeah. And then I'll do like take a picture of my airplane sitting out there. Here we go. Yep. It's waiting for you. Yeah. Remember the time that you posted an airplane crash videos? Oh, that was so bad of me. That was really, that was a little. That's before I knew how serious this was. Fucking tone deaf. Yeah. It's before I knew how serious this was. I know it was. I just remember thinking that's fucking should be deleted. Jesus. Paul. So, so what happened was, yeah, I made a post and then, uh, you know, the, the break is, is, was coming up and, um, and. I think it was in response to this. I said, we, we should just just make it happen, man. It's no big deal, you know? And then, um, so I contacted him directly. And uh, and he said, yeah, I, I'm serious. I want to do it. And I said, great, let's do it this weekend. What are you doing this weekend? He goes, oh, I could go either day, whatever. I said, let's go Sunday afternoon. I said, Let, let's just make it. Let's just make it time. Two o'clock Sunday afternoon. And he went, all right, well, let me see, whatever. And we're getting closer and closer. Holly well, well, just Chris's wife's name. She's been on the podcast too. That's correct. Okay, so she contacted me because <laughs> they were when they went to Vegas or went somewhere, went shopping like you know like two days before. She goes, I don't know if Chris is going to make it to your. He's getting worse and worse. He's, he's getting ornery in public at people, snapping at people. I know he's thinking about this flight. He's just anxious about it. Like yeah. the, it's just like anything that's difficult yeah. in life that we know that we kind of don't want to do, right. but we probably should do it. That uh, what do they call that? There's a there's a there's a psychological term for that where you know that you need to do it, but you really don't fucking want to do it, and it and it and it vexes you. It messes it messes with your brain. Yeah, because logically term. you know you should. Yes, but emotionally you don't want to. You right. don't want to because it's a hurdle you have to get over, and that hurdle is going to be really tough. Just about every single time you actually do that thing, whatever it is, you feel a shitload you feel better. A shitload better once you get it done. It's like yeah. ripping off a band aid. Yeah, yeah. So. So as it was coming a little bit closer, and then I said, don't worry, he'll he'll go. And she goes, all right, well, whatever. I hope you're right. And here's the deal. So it's been affecting his, like you said, it's affecting his marriage. He can't go. He want, I said, don't you want to go see these things? I said, an, an airplane, especially a fast one that goes over the ocean, is a time machine, man. This used to take weeks to come over. And it's now you can go over there within hours, and you can... You start experiencing some of these, see these places in England that famous rock stars used to live yeah. at. You can go see Abbey Road, you know, all that kind of stuff. and Whatever the hell he would be into. Rock and Roll there. Hall of Fame. When I t was texting him pictures of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago when I was there, it, 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 I, he's like, holy shit, they have that kind of stuff there? Yeah. Yeah, they have notebooks from, you know, uh, people, like notebooks of songwriters. Yeah, and you can like, see uh, you can see the beginnings of certain songs you would recognize where they yeah, changed yeah. a few of the words. Yeah, exactly. Kind of shit. Yeah. shit like that in their own handwriting, in their own words. Like, it's badass. It's really it, badass. Just shit like place. that and busted up guitars and blah, 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 like But he said he stuff. would drive there. He goes, yeah, I guess we'll have to drive or Fuck something. It. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it, dude, you don't want to drive three days across the country. I've done it. It's not that much fun. Right. But uh, anyway, so so, so then uh, he said, OK. And then so when I went to I think Saturday, that Saturday, I went to Havasu to get some fuel and have lunch. And I may have gone by myself. Did I go with somebody? 
I don't remember. But I said, I'm gonna I'm just gonna fly down there. And there's a there's a restaurant right there at the at the airport. I mean, right freaking there. And um so I did and I, I think I may have taken a picture. Took I may have taken a picture. <laughs> that's what I did, Joe. Took in that picture. That's what I did. I bet it was a strongly good picture too. <laughs> the best picture, only the best. Only the best picture. <laughs> bigly, it was a bigly picture. Um, and I so either did that or I said, hey, I'm down in Havasu uh, getting fuel for the airplane. Or and I was doing this on purpose because I was also going to fly the next morning with someone to. Um, uh, uh, God damn it, Seligman! Thank you, and have breakfast. And I was going to point that out too. What I was trying to lay is this foundation of this is something that I do. People do this; it's no big deal. You know, they all don't end up in a fireball. <laughs> you know, so I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't. Tact. Uh, I didn't. Tact. Say, I didn't say that at all. No, good. I'm so glad. So anyway, so I said, well, I'm down here having having lunch and getting fuel. It's kind of nice down here, whatever. And he texts back, and he goes. Uh, is that good? Like it was kind of a weird response. Like, a, is that a good to be flying down there and get fuel? Like, or I think what's wrong with the Kingman Airport fuel? Yeah. Is that bad? Is it going to catch fire? Like, <laughs> I understand Chris's mindset on that because I'm the same right. way about certain things. They're like, wait, because if you don't know anything why about, did he, you think why did he go down to Havasu? Why did he go all the way down food? to Havasu? Why, uh, why is there a restaurant? Why there's, I, there's food here. Why did he fly down there to get lunch? <laughs> Sound like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, exactly. Is he going to talk like this the whole time? <laughs> Hot pocket. Hot pockets. I got to watch some Gaffigan tonight. <laughs> that fucker is so funny. Diarrhea pocket. <laughs> anyway. So you, you you were trying to promote right. the idea that this is this is in when it comes to aviation as a hobby this is a normal thing. Right. I fly on Saturday, I fly Sunday, and right. I'm taking you for a flight. And I remember taxing back after Havasu. I took a picture and sent to him, hey, just taxing back to the hangar. And here's a picture of the hangar. You know, here we are. We nobody was with me. I said I'm going to clean off the windshield. You know, just showing him it's an it's like a, a car. It's just an object. It's a thing. You yeah. can you know how to do it. You know. And uh, and then Saturday, excuse me, Sunday morning did the same thing. Hey, we're about to take off to Sligman, and uh, we landed there. Took a picture of it. You know, it's nice there, the background, the little mountains there. Here we are. Cool. We're gonna have uh, you gotta come here sometime. And they got great pie. Blah blah. You know, it's kind of making small talk. And then somewhere around, was it Saturday or was it Sunday morning? He goes, man, I'm not gonna be able to uh, to go. And I went, oh yeah, why? He goes, I don't know, man. I just I can't I can't do it. I can't do it, and I don't want to ruin your your, uh, you know, if you have plans or I don't want to ruin your Saturday afternoon, I said, well, you're about to ruin it because I carved this afternoon out for you and me. <laughs> That's, I could basically just laid it out. Wow. <laughs> and, and I said, you're making, it's, this is a big enemy of yours. You're making it too big of a deal. You know, I, and I, and I know, I know what I'm talking about in this. I'm not just, this is not, uh, I'm not making fun of you. I just, I'm just telling you, I know you have this fear. It's, I get it. It's a real fear. But I said something like, you can't keep doing this to yourself and people around you. I, I said, you know, it's affecting too many things and you know this. So just come here at two o'clock. I'm here. It's a, per it's a beautiful weather. It was like 65 degrees, zero wind. It was gorgeous weather. So oh, 20, 30 minutes later, he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. So he was right on time, man. And I was sitting here doing something and watching TV, whatever, at this table. And right at about 2 o'clock, he walked right in. I went, hey, man, how's it going? 
So uh, he had some and coffee. He, and he puked right there on the floor. <laughs> he, he wanted to. <laughs> but he had some coffee from Starbucks, you know, some, uh, you, oh, you know, oh, nice. that, yeah, that yeah. reserve, uh, Pikes Peak Reserve. Yeah. Which I wonder what that's all about. I haven't tried that yet. But anyway, so I'm like, that's really cool. And then so I started, I knew in my mind what I wanted to do was not talk about this for a while. So start talking about coffee because, hey, man, I bought an espresso machine. This is bad. You guys haven't, you were talking about all this and, 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 and Holly's uh, work at Starbucks and some light COVID crap and, and all what she's dealing with. And, and, uh, and, um, and there's something else about, I said, I'm just going to jump right in. I said, I said, you're, you're highly skilled. You're very well respected, highly skilled guitar player. You, you do shit that I can't even think. Of. I used to play guitar a little bit, but I can't do it with a damn, you know, I, I'd play around. I may, I may even want to buy one now and mess around with it or something and just do stuff with it. I said, but this is a skill you have. You haven't been doing this. You know, and he told me when he really picked it up. And I said, when was the first time when you played for somebody? I, we're just talking because I, I just wanted to know. And it was somewhere for his parents or his grandparents, maybe he said. And then there was a high school event or something happened. And he was maybe 14 years old, maybe, or something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah, right. Right. I, something, I, know. I don't know if it was a talent show or something. I've totally I've forgotten most of the story, but it was high school, young high school years. I said, were you nervous at all? And he goes, not really. And I went, that's amazing to me. I said, because I would have a real hard, I'm telling you right now, I'd have a real hard time doing that shit. And, and I started talking about my fears too. I said, I have a, I have a weird, here's, here's some of my two big fears, brown bears, like Kodiak bears. <laughs> I won't go camping I, where there's fucking Kodiak bears. I won't do it. I won't. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And I mean, it, you're really discounting, you know, a, 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 a very small area of the world. Uh, yes. But I'm glad to know that you're so I safe. Shan't. I I'm putting shan't. my foot down. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> now, how are we going to get you over that fear? I think Chris and I should and you should fly up to Alaska. I will go, go camping. We're going to strip and- you naked and hang salmon off of you <laughs> and make you walk out in the woods. They're like, look, Paul, we've got a high powered rifle on you. OK. And Chris has. A fifty caliber handgun. Nothing's going to happen to you. You need to get over this fear of grizzly bears, and then yeah. So I'm going to go up there and attract the bears. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how we're going to get you over your fear of bears. It's going to be hilarious if the biggest fucking grizzly bear, Kodiak, whatever, comes up and just kind of sniffs me and looks at me, and then just turns around and walks away. And you can actually hear the bear saying, "Like, nope, 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 nope." That guy is something wrong with him. Is nope. something wrong with him? He's not going to taste right. He's going to taste like fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get a big old. I had a big old bite of crazy once. I ain't doing that. Anymore. I am not going to do that. He's like, he smells like my ex bear wife. She's <laughs> she's crazy too. Crazy. And he's pregnant. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're not going to eat a pregnant guy. Can't you can't do that. You can't can't. It's just against the laws of nature. <laughs> um. So I said, and here's another fear. I said, here's what's weird. I said, I can, I can literally walk in a in a in a heel to toe kind of a straight line on the edge of the Grand Canyon and have it not in a windy day and have it not phase me one bit I said but I hate the top of a building with a nice fucking fence or a gate or a railing there I said I can't I can't I hate that and you can't I, you've talked to me about this before you cannot explain why I don't know why because they're both essentially should be your brain should be telling you no 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 mm-hmm. because you will fall off it and die mm-hmm. but the one that's more safe is the one that freaks you out the most and, and that does, or more than the other and that I, like 
but that's why it's called a phobia. Right. It, it's an it's the there's a difference between being afraid of something and uh and 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 rightfully so and a phobia. Phobia is an uns, unsubstantiated illogical fear. Now I will like, force myself if I'm on top of a building or in a, a big office way up high. I will go to the I will look out and look, go yeah and I'll be very un, very kind of butterflies in my stomach. Not throw up fear because I know the building's not gonna just fall over. I think probably <laughs> and and but and then I'll, I'll kind of warm up to it a little bit and I'll kind of force myself to go I won't be looking and you know, white knuckling it but I'll be going yeah I'm, I'm good I don't really have to be at this edge I'm, I'm fine but then I'll be in like if I'm if it's like a top of a observation flat platform let's say in a tall building and I'll be more in the middle of that area I'll be, I'm, I'll be thinking about I'm like a thousand feet in the air right now I don't really like this I don't need to stay up here much longer it's really. so strange but you'll get up in this death machine that that has literally only like buildings have existed for a very long time. And so have mountains. <laughs> and so have mountains and cliffs. Right. Airplanes haven't existed for that long. They still fall out of the fucking sky. Like but some, you can go up in the airplane and you're like, it's a normal fucking day for you. That's what he sounds like, folks, when he talks on the radio. He's like, Hello, nine one six Lima Juliet. Hody doody doody do over, and you're like, "What did you? Why did you, you do okay? that? That's you're just okay? what I do. That's what I'm flying now. That's what we're doing." It's like Elmer Fudd, the pilot. <laughs> so I also told him. I said one time, I, I told you this story before that I had a former girlfriend who met me in Las Vegas because she, her friend, she was there on a business trip a while back. They chickened out going on the stratosphere rides, and uh, and so she called me because hey, I'm coming to Vegas next month. Uh, you ought to come up. Hang out for a couple of days, whatever if you can, and we'll go on the stratosphere rides. I said that sounds like a great idea. So I went up there, went out to eat, uh, got a couple shots of Patron, took a cab, whatever, to the stratosphere, and went up there. and And she she was almost ba- she almost backed out because now she was afraid, and I was kind of mad because I'm like, hey, I drove all the way up here to do this specific thing with you, and now you're gonna back out, bullshit. So I made her go. And first ride we got on, I, I oh my god, if I could. Turn the off button and gotten off. I would have done. I didn't like it at all. But she flipped around completely. Once we get it, the, the first ride we went on was the one that you get in and it's like a the spider thing. But then it kind of goes out, you know, out over the edge and the thing starts spinning around out there. Yeah, that doesn't sound enjoyable at all. Yeah. Well, so when we start moving out and then now you're over the edge of the top of it and I'm like, oh my god. And it was like the sun was going down and it was perfect night, but. Such an uneasy feeling because I could see the cars down there on Las Vegas Boulevard or wherever the fuck it is, and I'm going, Jesus. I said, okay, so I tried to th- imagine there was a couple of helicopter tourist helicopters flying around. You can kind of see them around. I'm going, okay, I'll just imagine I'm in an airplane or a helicopter, and I'll be okay because they're higher than I am right now, and it helped a little bit, but I was – I and I let her know that. I said – just going to let you know, I said, I'm not enjoying this. So, you know, I know you're unhappy too. So am I. She goes, actually, I'm pretty good right now. And she turned around completely. <laughs> she loved it. And I'm like going, great. I'm glad you do. And I'm going, if there were like a button to get me off the ride button and stop, and I would have, I would have hit the button probably. But we were up there and, uh, and I said, fuck it. We're up here. Let's ride all the rides. I mean, I may, I don't know why I did. I think I aged five or 10 years <laughs> on that, that night, but um, so I explained to him, I said, that was fucked up too. And I said, and here's what I, I actually thought this, Chris, and this is where I brought it back to him. I said, when I, the first ride we went out and the level of anxiety that I felt and fear, I said, that must be the same level that people have to fly that don't want to fly. That's what they're feeling. So I need to remember this when I'm talking to someone about it. I don't want to forget that because it was 
terrifying to me. Yeah, dismissing someone's fear is the is the be- one of the best ways uh, to just propagate that fear and just yeah. fan the flames of it because it's right. not going to make anything any better. Well, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, well, it's a huge deal to them. Right. And we need to figure out a way to deconstruct that and pick it apart. And like I said, for a while, I thought he was kind of kidding. He was kind of making a joke out of it. Like he didn't want to really fly, but he would do it if he needed to kind of thing. And that's why I wasn't really paying much attention. Were you showing him crash videos? On the crash or? video, on I posted a little video clip of something crashing, whatever. And then now I feel like such a dick for even bringing that up. Or you bringing it up. Me, bring, me doing it. Anyway, so, um, and I said, I think, I said, I, I know you feel this thing. I said, but I think after we do this, you're going to, you're going to probably like it. I said, or you're probably going to realize that it's not that big of a deal. Because he did explain to me, yeah, this is where he kind of came around a little bit. He said it was a, a something mountain ride in Disneyland. Uh, Matterhorn or Magic it's Mountain. A ma- Magic Mountain. Magic I think Mountain. Magic, yeah. he, had a, he was deathly fear, fearful of going on that ride. And then he explained to me that I guess everybody chickened him into it or he was convinced himself or like he didn't want to go. Anyway, he, he somehow figured out how to do it. And, he, and then it was the best thing he, he felt. Right. Then he was happy he was as hell over. that he did it. I said that. And he told me, I said, see, there you go. There's a good example. I said, Would you, were you really fearful of that ride? He goes, oh, yeah, it was bad. Is this kind of like this now? He goes, yeah. And I said, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy this. Yeah, you and really not only, are. And not only that, it becomes useful. You're, there's a portion of your life that opens up. Right. Travel opens up for you. Right. And I also said this. I said, this sound, I shouldn't even bring this up, but I'm going to anyway. I said, if anything does happen, which it, I can really guarantee it's not going to, we're flying during the day. It's perfect weather. I know this area. We're going to fly high enough to where I'll be able to land the thing on a road or in a big field. and You're not going to get hurt. And on top of that, even if you're not able to do that, you could, it has a fucking parachute. Right. But I wouldn't want to use it. it. Well, you know, you don't want to, well, you know a guy that can fix it. <laughs> right. But you, like. There's that too. There's yes. that. Like it, the, 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 the likelihood of something happening is so slim. Right. But then on top of that, if it does, you've got the parachute. Right. And I've seen the 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 post like the shoot deployment like crashes that you've had in your shot before. Right. They're not that damaged. There's two of them in here right now. They're the bot like the if you look at the bottom of it, it's not all crunched up. First of all, the, the mine can- was. That's how yeah, I bought it. Yeah. Did you tell Chris that before you flew? I don't know or if did I he did know or that. Not. I think I made it. Like, hey, this that. this was built from two wrecked ass planes that killed three people. It's <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what happened. No, that, I know that's not. I I made that up. They just were paralyzed. That's all. They were. Sh- <laughs> Sorry, nothing happened to them. Probably an argument like, "God damn it! I thought you checked the oil." <laughs> yeah, that. Was oh good. my god. <laughs> anyway, wait, you didn't check the oil? Fuck. God anyway, damn it! Here we are pulling the parachute. Yeah, there's two other ones in here right now. Our parachute deployments. Yeah. Um. So, I could I could tell you didn't like that me bringing that up, but I thought it would be been okay because it would be like, look, you know, what's the worst case scenario? You know, and I thought that would. Say, look at you know, it's just not gonna. Right, nothing's gonna go that terribly wrong. God, I've flown in areas between here and no, between uh, uh, the middle of nowhere. The most middle of nowhere was between Seattle and here, flying in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. Um, there's a lot of no, nothing in Nevada. You think Arizona is sparse? Oh, God damn it! Yeah, Nevada's got jack shit. Holy yeah. crap! We were up, oh, ten thousand feet or so, like a straight line coming, coming. I don't care what where we stopped off and got fuel. But I'm thinking, as far as the eye can see, I can't see a road. I can't see anything. And I said, God, I hope not. Now, I'm not worried about crashing because we could just land or use the parachute, let's say. 
But I'm thinking, I don't really have anything. This is dumb. I don't really have anything in this airplane. I don't have any water. I don't, you know, what are we going to do? Right. How are we going to survive? I mean, just forget the crash. There's not going to be a crash. It'll be just a nasty landing and it's going to be, I'll be pissed off and start kicking the sand <laughs> at the airplane. God damn it. You have to build a, a, a better airplane or a usable airplane out of the broken one like they did in that right. movie. All, all those movies. There's a, a six days and seven nights. Fly the Phoenix. This, was, this has happened numerous times. Fly the Phoenix, not the Harrison Ford vehicle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Six days and seven nights. Yes. No, I get it. Harrison I, Ford and Anne Heche. What a not good movie. That's a great movie. No, it's really not that great of a movie. It's a fucking awful movie. It's a cute like, it's that... movie. Okay, moving forward. Okay, so, so I think after he identified, I said, I and I and I did also tell him too. I said, but it's, I said, flying is isn't a natural thing. It's not. I said, we're human beings are curious. And we've been watching. You know, when did I was whole philosophical watching birds fly? Was it we, we want to do other stuff? I said, it's not natural. A hundred years is not that long. One hundred and twenty years, whatever it's been, and um. I said, it's weird. And I said, I've had a couple, I said, two or three times, you know, I'm flying along kind of high by, by myself, kind of, you know, pretty high up. I'm going, this is just a weird thing to do. You know, I, and it's not really fear. It's kind of a fear briefly. But it's like, this is just odd. I'm up here flying along in this fiberglass plastic thing with this engine up the front, just whirring along. Why am I, why? What, what the fuck is this all about? Wow. <laughs> It would be great if you don't contemplate the meaning of life when I'm flying with you, please. It just happened just a couple of different times. Okay. And I asked my father that actually. One time he goes, yeah, we've all had those little okay. weird feelings. That's a, I figured that was a common thing. He goes, normally, like you said, like in the Air Force or flying back from like Viet fucking Nam. <laughs> was that, that's the official name of the country now? Yeah. So like two people, like it's him, co-pilot, and engineer, maybe the boom operator because he was a tanker. And there's four of them, four of them in a big jet equivalent to a 707, you know, KC-135, at night over water, you know, at 30 or 40,000 feet, you know, out of communication with anybody. They're just on a heading, on a compass heading, and there they are, you know, and at night over the water with nothing. Yeah. You, you can think this is kind of, this is kind of fucked up. It is a really, <laughs> it's a weird, eh, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's ex, they're extremely safe, obviously. That's the, especially the airlines are just mega mega safe right now even compared to 20 30 years ago well except for 9-11 like there was an extremely safe <laughs> airline record <laughs> up until that point and it wasn't the airplane really fault. skewed the data <laughs> it, it really did, did. and it wasn't fair data right the engine doesn't fall off and doesn't caught on fire until it hit the building so. yeah that's true <laughs> i mean that's a terrible thing to say but it's true well, i mean it was a planned explosion anyway so that's, I forgot. It wasn't. Didn't really happen. Those people are now. Jet on, fuel can't melt steel beams, Paul. That's right. I forgot. I totally forgot. And the people that I know that were involved with it are living somewhere on a remote island, I believe, probably. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. You know, and they have, you know, everything's paid for. The people you know that were involved. Shit. Yeah. So they're, yeah. Anyway. Um, so you finally, we, we can gloss over the nasty details of, uh, the last few minutes leading up to getting into the plane, because I feel like it's kind of embarrassing. It is. Well, it's not not for me. Right. <laughs> anyway. But eventually, Chris got in the plane. He finally did. I thought he was going to chicken out at the very, very end. And I, I thought, okay, what am I going to say if he if he does? If he just, he just, does it, you know, Because there's, there's two roads you can go down. You yeah. can do the tough uh, love thing. Yeah, like, I'm, get your fucking ass in the plane. I'm going to put the hammer this is, down. This is fucking, go. this is happening. Right. 
Um, and um, so I remember even before he went, like an because we were here talking for a while, and uh, and uh, Holly texted him a couple different times and said, "I bet this, that's Holly, right?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Just tell her we're bullshitting," you know, which he did. Yeah, he just said, "Yeah, we're just bullshitting right now." So um, then I, you know, we got in the airplane, started up. You know, he, I knew he was going to go at that point. I didn't think he was going to just jump out as we were taxing along. You know, but I explain all this stuff. I also explain how long I've been doing this. I said, this is kind of second nature to me. It's kind of like playing a guitar to you. It's the same thing. I said, it's it's a skill. It's a skill set. Plus, you, know, you have to have some natural talent to be really good at what you do. Plus, it's a skill and there's things you do. That's how all this is. That's how all this shit is, you know. And I said, I've been around. I was born into it. It's, it seemed like it's walking to me in a way. And um, but I explained everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, warming the engine up and the radio and how you communicate. And I could tell he was a little bit nervous because he was just saying, yeah, yeah. He was just agreeing with everything I was saying as opposed to adding another question, which was kind of a normal thing to do. Like, well, how does that work? You know, or but then we finally got out there and, and uh, it was kind of funny because there was an airplane that was wanting to take off in front of us. And some there was another student that was flying around from some other airport from some international other country. And it's hard to tell what he was saying, and he, half it was unnecessary. I'm going, I don't even know where this guy is. You know, he's he's <laughs> over here. And so I was communicating with him on the ground. I said, most airports are non-controlled. There's no control tower. You know that that kind of crap here. But you you, you talk to your you, people that are out there. And so I hailed that guy that he was flying around. I said, again, what what is your location to the airport exactly? What is your intention? You know, I said that's what. You, so he told me, and it was going to be clear where, where we were going. So. um then uh, made a radio call. I said, we're going out. You ready to go? I said, you all snugged in there. Here we go. I said, we're going to be off the ground before you know. We're going to take off at about 70, 80 miles an hour, somewhere around there. And we're going to, you know, because I remember we saw somebody else taking off really steeply in some kind of an airplane. He goes, God, are we going to do that? And I went, not unless you want to, but no, I wasn't planning on that at all. I said, we shouldn't anyway. And I said, my job now is to get you used to flying in an airplane, not to see if I can scare you. Yeah. Something retarded like that, which people do. Some people, some assholes do that. Not very many, yeah, but there are a you, couple guys that do that. You were that. telling me about that when you told me this story initially, that there are people out there that do that. They're fucking And that's dicks. just such a fucking dick move. Like, yes, that's, it is. That's not how you get someone interested in aviation. Some guys do that they, to try to, imp- I've heard this before, to try to impress a fucking girl, you know, could try to scare her because now she's going to be all excited that he's the the man guy that flew the machine or something. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. The man guy that flew the machine. <laughs> that sounds like a generic movie title. The man guy <laughs> who flew, flew the, the machine. machine. Right. So we, we, we took off, you know, before and we're climbing out and I went, we're airborne, man. He goes, Whoa, that's kind of cool. And so that was, it wasn't, it was not one bit of fear in his voice. Somebody goes, Whoa, this is really cool. And he goes, is this how it's going to be the whole flight? I said, yeah, it's kind of smooth. It's a nice day. And so we turned left. We were taking off from this end and turned left over 66, not going towards mm-hmm. town, but going the other right. way. And I uh, said, so I'm going to go and turn now. It's not going to be that steep, but, you know, you're going to be able to see more out the left window. And, and of course, if you turn coordinated, you're not going to f- feel like you're falling over because that's not how it works. Right. Um, otherwise, birds will be all flopping around all over the place when they're <laughs> flying and stuff. <laughs> so, um, uh, so we're turning, and there was a fire. He goes, oh look, there's a fire, and I went, I went, yeah, you can see all this kind of, you can see there's probably a couple other fires you can see way over there, and I went, yeah, look, and it's in Butler. That's surprising. <laughs> oh, sorry, people. I. <laughs> it's true though. I've lived in the trailers before. I really it's, have. That's so, true. I'm just with the saying. with the snakes and the lightning. Yes, but I said, but I kind of, I said, yeah, let's do Butler. And he goes, wow, that's really. I said, I said, I bet you look way over there somewhere, thirty miles. There's probably another fire. And he went, 
I had no idea you could see this much. He's looking around, looking around. I'm going, in my mind, I'm going, this is going pretty good so far. Yeah. I said, so, I said, do you recognize anything down there at all? Like, other than you, you see, yeah, I think that's the so-and-so school or whatever. So I'm going to fly this way, and I'm going to put Stockton Hill down out the, the right-hand side of you so you can start seeing shit. He goes, oh, yeah, there's Home Depot, and there's there's uh, whatever car dealership, and there's that. And I said, you probably see fucking Starbucks if you know exactly. And I slowed down as much as I could. But even then, you're still going pretty good clips. So you right. got to kind of know how to spot things. And I said, once you start flying around, Chris, you learn these things. Like, like you know, for example, Home Depot was a big fucking orange thing. That's pretty easy if you know kind of where it that's is. A, that's a good landmark to know. Yeah, like, you go, it, yeah. boom, orange. Oh, there's Home right. Depot. And now you know, if you're familiar with the town, what's across the street from Home Depot, what's down the road from Home Depot, and you can start picking things out. Like going down, uh, when, you, when you buzz over down, not buzz over, when you go fly over downtown, the biggest, most well, there's, there's several big things. Obviously, the water towers are right there by the railroad tracks. Right, that's easy. But downtown, downtown, like on uh, Beale, would be the big turquoise color. Beale Street celebrations. I see that motherfucker miles away. You know, I said so. Find a big turquoise building downtown. You know, I see yep, that's Beale celebrations. So that's Beale and what Fourth, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I said so. A little further this way, you can see Blackbridge. So we anyway, we kind of circled over. We went around the um, the. Um, you saw us post probably. We went around the windmills. Oh yeah, yeah. And the windmills and came around. And I said text Holly, and uh, she didn't reply back right away. I went, oh, this sucks because I knew where he lived. You know, I thought, oh, there's Walpam Mountain Road. There's whatever the hell that road is. Not Diamond. That's not Diamond, is it? Railroad. Railroad next to the railroad tracks. Thank you. And I and so I knew. And then the first right would be their house. So we circled around, and I said, I think I might see her. And I said, no, that's the mailbox, or that's the that's something else. We're flying around. And uh, she finally fly, replied back, and he said, we're flying over the house. And she goes, no way, bullshit, or something like that. And I said, tell her to come out. We'd already kind of flown away a little bit. So we came back and circled around twice more, and she saw us circling over their house. And so he was excited about that, and that you could see stuff. And I think, because I think she's holding whatever their grandkid's name is now. I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember. You dick. I know. I don't know what either. I've actually not seen him in person. I don't think he's very proud of about of the. Oh yeah, no, I know he is. He's embracing the the young grandfather thing. Yeah, he is, which is really great. Um, so, um, I guess I can't remember where we went near over the mountains a little bit, not very high, but just kind of flew over them. And I said, "So in the spring and summertime, this is pretty bumpy over here. We got wind going, and there's you know dust devils. Those make bigger pieces of lift. And there's no such thing as an air pocket." You know, the air is all there, but so imagine a boiling pot of water that's starting to simmer and move. You can start to see the water move around, and 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 then the bubbles kind of come up. Those are bubbles or air pockets in that case, but in this case, it's all air. I said, but it's just rising and, and, and falling gently, air little pieces of air mass, and that's what you're flying through. And he goes, is this what it feel like in an airliner? I said, kind of. And we hit a couple small bumps, I mean, really minor. And the first one kind of got his attention. I said, that's really minor. That's just, that's a normal thing in, in flying. And I said, and they do get a lot worse in the spring and summertime. Would I feel that in a big airplane? Yes and no. It's depends on when, when you fly. And if, if you're, uh, there is stuff called clear air turbulence when you're up high. But I said, there's never been, never been an airplane that's ever had a problem going through this kind of turbulence, like a modern airliner. It doesn't right. happen. It well, just doesn't have, happen. And they have ways of flying around it and above it and yep. below it and things like that. They know yep. with with radar technology. Right. And I said, if you fly, however, you take off like in the afternoon, like in the spring or summer in Vegas or land in the spring and summer, it's really bumpy below about 15,000 feet because that's where all the thermals are. And by the way, Chris, that's what we glider pilots seek out. 
You do? Yeah. That's what that's what hawks circle in and go up. I said, we look for that shit. I said, but if you're if you imagine yourself in the glider and you, you feel this lift and the instruments tell you you're going up, you start circling slowly and it's not really very turbulent when you're in it because you're in the lift. You're going up. You're not going from a, tra- a right, transition right, zone. You're not trans. You're not yeah. going boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. The transition zone is where you have uh, where you have those problems. Yeah, and you're going sense. through it in and out of it. That, that that's when it starts doing this. I said, but that's completely normal. I said, I got hell. I said I hit my head so hard. I think I, my neck still hurts from it. Flying into Havasu a, a while back, um, a few years ago with Tim Gerlach, and it was really a bumpy day. And we even knew, I said, when you fly over this area, it's going to be even bumpier. So we, we really snug the shit out of our seatbelts. And I still hit my head Wow! In, in, the, in, the, in the airplane. Well, there's that time with Ed Ed and uh, Ryan. That's right. Where we, you ended up we, having to turn around and go back. came back. Because yeah. shit was getting nasty. It was getting really bad. And around came and I said, I'm not going to do this. I said, we, we got to go back to Havasu. Hopefully, uh, you know, sorry. We'll have to figure out how to get back, yeah. you know. But it won't be today. <laughs> so um, that was the only time I've ever gone to some with intention to go someplace and, and landed back another airport which is good that you did that i yeah. remember t- talking with you about that and with ed and ryan actually separately mm-hmm. and like that's a real testament to the uh the fact that you've never done that before a lot of people in anything any sort of heavy skill set they get complacent if they haven't had a near miss mm-hmm. or something like when that time that uh uh Tim wasn't paying attention when he was making uh, the ginger ale at Blackbridge, mm-hmm. and he had a big boil over. He burned himself pretty and he good. He burned the shit out of himself to the point where he, because it's it's liquid and it's sugary liquid, so it sticks to your skin. Oh, that's perfect. And your clothes. Nasty. Oh, it's and it boils at a much higher temperature. It boils at like it's like two ninety or three hundred mm-hmm. because it's full of sugar. And uh, he later on, I was like, "What do you think directly contributed to that?" He goes, "Complacency." Mm-hmm. Just industrial. That's how industrial workplace accidents happen. It's complacency. They're, that's all it is. So, and and so, you're comfortable with doing things in an unsafe manner because nothing has happened to you. So there's a lot of data with air accidents also with uh, smaller plane accidents, not airlines, because that's most of the big carriers are former military where they have already thousands of hours in big airplanes. Right. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're really regimentally trained in that kind of stuff. But if you're a general aviation pilot like we do out here, um, there's really a lot of data on that. Usually it's not the student pilot for the solo and get their license because they're very, very aware. They're very, very, very careful, you know, and what they're doing. So their accident rates are not that high. Right. And um, there's a little window, like after that, like somewhere around the 200-hour flight mark, and there's these, you know, curves that they can show this, and then it starts really peeling off the more, the more you get because they start getting complacent a little bit. I know that Tim's brewed beer a lot longer than that, but that's just an example of, complacency so now now you're getting a little used to the airplane you're getting used to where you're flying to you're taking people up you're not you're more relaxed with it and something goes wrong right and you've just you missed something on the checklist or the weather you didn't check properly or your diligence goes down yep and that's a really key area where instructors need to have more conversation about this with their students because we all have instructors every every potty every pilot has an instructor you know even instructors have instructors so that's something they should always remind them with I don't know how many hours I have now. It's, it's, I'm way past that point, but uh, and then it, gets, it starts really getting lower and lower and lower and lower. A lot of the, a lot of the airline pilots have literally tens of thousands of hours, and a lot of these pilots have tens of thousands of hours flying large jets. But many, many of them fly for a hobby, also like gliders or aerobatic aircraft, or they might have a Cirrus and they just take their family some places. 
you know, stuff like that. So they also are racking up hours in the small planes and the big planes or the gliders. I mean, so they're getting all this aeronautical knowledge. And after decades, you know, it's, you might get a little bit complacent, but there's so much in your head already that it doesn't really matter because it's not going to bite you at that point because you have all this knowledge on how to solve a problem or not get into trouble, even if you've forgotten to do something. You know, right. just, oh, yeah, I know what to do now, whatever. You know, you're, you're that good. You know, it's like a master at anything. You know, they, they can make a tiny error and still recover. And know how to recover it. Yeah, you know, very, very well. So and then we, I don't know, I said, we're going to, I think he was a little disappointed to land. He goes, I think before we land, he goes, I want to take a flight in the airliner somewhere. Where, where should I go? And I went, before you guys even I th- landed. I think so. I think so. I said, that's funny. I said, I think you should. I said, you should figure out a place. He goes, what about just, uh, you know, California? I said, I don't know. That's a short flight. And you go from L.A. to where right now? And, and by the way, this is when California is really getting fucked up with COVID, which it is right now. Right. It's overrun at the moment. They're probably going to shut shit down coming up for a little while, I'm guessing. I think I suggested that he try and uh, go to uh, Denver or Colorado Springs because it's like an hour and a you half. You already did? You already no, I su- yeah, I suggested oh, that to him last okay. week. okay. Um, and you can probably get pretty cheap flights right now. I said, and the plane should be kind of empty, which should be kind of nice. You know, I, you know, they could go somewhere. So I, and then you want to know if they could, I think I told him, I said, we can go up again, you know, sometime soon. I said, we probably should. I said, just because you went once, you don't want to go ahead and do it. And you you're probably a little bit nervous, but less nervous the, the yeah. first time or the second time. Um, did you let him take the stick at all? No, but I would have. Yeah. I'm not sure if he would have. Maybe I'll ask him if he wants to at this point, or at least put his hand on. Each side has its own controls. You know, he can just kind of feel or follow me through what I'm doing, um, and which is kind of a good way. It's kind of hard with some kids to do that because you, you, you want them to kind of feel what's going on but not resist hardly at all. And it's kind of a balance there because you don't want to fight them you know, when right. you're trying to land and be precise, but say, just, just have your hand there and just kind of feel what I'm doing and don't resist any at all. Um, and you can do that a lot, you know, which is kind of nice and they can kind of feel what's, what's, what's going on with it. And so, I don't know, maybe I'll call them up, you know, maybe this weekend or something. Maybe I'll, I'll find out. Oh, that's a good go. idea. And then, and then, uh, cause he, he kept, then he kept saying over and over and over after we land, he goes, that was, he kept saying that was the, one of the best things he's ever done his entire life. And he goes, you have, you have, and he was excited saying all this, you have changed my life because you have no idea. You have, I said, well, I knew that you were, you was causing a problem. You know, you guys need to go, Holly wants to start traveling and shit now, I believe. I mean, she's been champing at the bit to go traveling, right? I mean, yeah. she's been traveling, but she wants to do more of it with him. Yeah. You know? And, and hopefully now they will be able to do that. Yeah. And so... We landed, and I went, yeah, we're down. It's cool. And she goes, and she texted back, and she goes, I, I cannot believe you got him to go up. And I went, I, I, and she goes, how did you do that? I said, I, I, was a, I was a dick. I said, because I'm just that good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. And I said, just kidding. I said, but it did take some effort. And I said, just consider that my Christmas gift to you. <laughs> and she goes, you have no idea. You have you really have no idea. And then she texted me like five minutes later. You really have no idea. <laughs> you know. You. I said no. I. I think I do. I said you, it makes it. I said I want to share this with other people and fly. And I said to know, to know Chris and how hard this has been for him. And then I think Chris or she asked me. Maybe both of them did. Like, have you ever been with anybody that was that afraid? And I said, no. 
Uh, so usually people that show up here, we give rides to, they're expecting to go flying already. Like they want to be here. There's been a couple kids that were a little bit not scared, like screaming scared, but just kind of nervous. And and I'll kind of talk. Hey, I mean, it's it's okay. You know, it's it's you know people are nervous. This is a different kind of thing. It's gonna be fun though. You're gonna enjoy it, and they usually do. And um, but I said. I said, you're asking the question, so I'll be honest. I said, that was the toughest I've ever worked with anybody trying to get them to go. And I said, if you didn't have any plans to go traveling anywhere or you didn't have a wife that wanted to go traveling or it was a hard time, I said, I wouldn't have given this much of a crap because it's really affecting your life. Yeah. And he said, well, you've changed it. You've changed it. you change changed it. And so so now I'm going to use that against Holly and just go, hey, man, can I have some coffee? Dude, she will throw so much coffee at you. Like, it'll be like, ow, oh, ow, 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 stop. Yeah, just constant. <laughs> just be, like, barraged. So that's the Chris Lay going up in an airplane story. Which and is, I'm, I think that's a great way to end this this week's episode. Are you, are you done listening to me yammer? I think I think we're I think we're done for this week. We just check then, my list to make sure we're complete, Joe. And, the, and then we'll go uh, next week will be the first podcast of 2021. And we can talk about oh, our plans. Because we were going to talk about that today, but we're not going to, right? We'll talk about that next week. Fine. Fine. Which will be, uh, wait, and actually, how many, when is this, what day is this today? Doesn't matter. Is episode dropping tonight at midnight? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, as long as we can get you to shut up so I can go and edit and, okay, and post it. I'm uh, I'm just starting <laughs> to uh, shut up. What did Chris Rock say about President Obama? And he goes, can you imagine Michelle Obama being first lady? He goes, somebody she made a comment about black women. He goes, there ain't enough shutting up. To go around to, for that job. Oh my God. Of Michelle Obama being first lady or, or something Chris like Chris Rock. You can imagine Chris Rock belting that oh, out yeah. or whatever. There ain't enough shutting up. There ain't enough shutting up. <laughs> for first lady for black lady being first lady or something like. God damn it. Whatever. It was funny the way he said it. Google it. Fine. Folks. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Uh, Merry Christmas, Joe. <laughs> that was last week. I know, but. It's not New Year's yet. Yeah, I know. Merry Christmas. All right, that's it. All right.